I think you got kids, you do, you just need help. I don't need health care from the government. I want a nanny. I want the super nanny. The super nanny is where this English nanny comes over and helps these demonic possessed children from America. And they're just like, ah! Ah! and she never loses her cool. She's like, no, Tommy, no. We don't do that, Tommy, no. What do you mean you just knocked your mother out cold with a pot? That's not what we do. Because I don't know how you were raised. I was raised a little bit different than that. My mom would tell me what she's going to do to me. I'm going to beat the snot out of you. You hear me? I'm going to beat the snot out of you. I'm going to hit your head so hard, snot flies out in the front of your skull. It's going to be awesome. Oh, she was detailed. I'm going to spin your head off like a lid on a pickle jar. I'm going to take my leather belt with my name on it. I'm going to beat you and brand you at the same time. I'm like, Mom, you're the worst mommy in the world. No, I took second last year. I'm going first this year. Here's the deal. I think they should let me be the super nanny. Oh, you might want to tune in. Because there will be some violence going down on that show. <laughs> the super nanny will be a whole different experience for the viewer. Like, no, Thomas, no. Come on, let's go. I'm going to drive you off a naughty cliff. Come on. No, you don't need your shoes. You're not coming back. Come on. <laughs> Say goodbye to your brother and sister. Let's go meet Jesus. Come on. Let's go meet Jesus. <laughs> so kids, stop your whining. Stop your whining. There's just nothing to whine about. You got everything you need. I love my children, but not too long ago, I made them a, a breakfast. I made them a full balanced breakfast. Was, shoot, I made everything for them. It took me like an hour and a half. You know, I wanted to surprise them. I made the breakfast, I put it all on the table, I wake up, kids, come to the breakfast table, I made you breakfast, all right. I sit down, I go to my office, ten seconds later, I hear this, ah! And what's wrong? There's pulp in the orange juice. <laughs> pulp, pulp! You got the orange juice with pulp in it! Yeah! Like, you get it out, man! an orange, that's pretty much full pulp. <laughs> Never pulp in the milk, then tell me about it. That's not good. It's pretty much cottage cheese. You let daddy know and I'll take care of that. Pulp is like kryptonite to my kids, man. I want to be alone. I just go in my office. I just put pulp on the doorknob. <laughs> took my kids a while back to this uh, park, theme park called Six Flags. You ever heard of Six Flags? It's a real fun theme park, man. Took them there for a day. I spent half a grand. Half a grand. In a day. I'm driving home that night. I heard this in the back seat. <laughs> Sweetheart, what's wrong? Billy's daddy took them to Disney World. Take the wheel. You ever feel like doing that? I have. Like, 
we got insurance, let's see what happens. I don't care anymore. I just don't want to hear that. How ungrateful is that, Disney World? Let's make a new theme park for kids. We'll call it Third World. <laughs> Sit in there for a few weeks, see if they don't come back a little more grateful. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's the Third World after all. It's... Daddy, I want a Happy Meal. You'll be happy to get a meal, son. <laughs> Daddy, Mickey Mouse. No, that's a giant rat. Get out of here! <laughs> it's the Third World. Poison dart. I just... <laughs> and I love, I mean, I love my kids, but uh, for Christmas, uh, last Christmas, I got my daughter. She's 12 and she's awesome. She's just like a little angel. She's just one. She never, she never talks. She just sings all the time. She dances everywhere. Like, da. <laughs> daddy, daddy, I need your help, daddy. Could you unlock the computer for me, Dad? I'm gonna make a bowl of cereal. <laughs> so cute. But uh, for Christmas, I got her. I, I splurged. I got her this iPod Nano. You know, it's like 250 bucks. So I'm gonna, because you know, we all love our kids the same. <laughs> we do. We just don't all like them the same. You know what I'm? Don't you judge me, parents. You know what I'm talking about. Like, I love you, I just don't like that one right now. I don't care if he's two. <laughs> so I got this nano, I wrap it up, I put it on the tree, I was so excited. She opens it up and I want to say, This is the wrong one. This is not the right one. I told you I need more Giga Giga. I hate you. I hate you. This one only gets 25,000 songs. Like 25,000, there's not 80 good songs ever written, Sugar Butt. All right. I'm going to move this down here because I just feel like just easier yeah I know I'm like, well, I'm like all right so first I want to introduce my friend Jennifer Pitts she's back here and Jennifer is a mom a teacher a principal a, she's a mom of two amazing kids and she has so much wisdom and I was so glad that she was available um, today so she's going to tell you more of her story when she but these are all my friends <laughs> such a weird thing <laughs> You know, I just like okay. So you know what? We could let's just go home. I will sit around my living room. Um, okay. So who struggles here with anger? Okay. Who is alive? Right. I know. I was like, okay. So I'm gonna give this to Mommy. This book is in the back. It it it's a like a, just kind of a toolbox. It's a tool. There's 6,700 million parenting books. This is one of them. Um, this girl, I, I actually know her, and she just, just came off the press, and it's like number one on Kindle. So if you want to buy one, you can write a check to them. It's like at a discounted price. It's $12. So um, the information's in the back. But this is called Triggers, and we know about triggers, right? We don't have to explain triggers. Not triggers, but triggers. All right. Thank you. All right. So... Um, so a couple of things. There are handouts in the back. 
um, that you can take as you as you wish. There's also there's, your folder is full of uh, <coughs> some things too. But I just put um, articles back there so you can just some articles I printed off that I thought were great um, that you can pick and choose from. The cards, the index cards in the front are for questions afterwards. Um, we can make this a lot more less formal if people if, if we don't have a lot of. We had like 30 people signed up, but it's opening day for baseball, so who knows? You know, I know where our third speaker is. He's on the baseball field. Thank you, Brian. All right. When, um, let's see, what else? I can't read my, oh, do you know where the bathroom is? <laughs> if you can't find the bathroom at this point, <laughs> there's another conference. You should be <laughs> Okay. All right. We're going to have fun. I love you all. Um, you've never been to the bathroom in this room. Good heavens. Robin, you're the founder of the church. <laughs> you don't know where the bathroom is. We are in. Okay. Well, why here? Through the corridor. I think I know it's in there, but I've never been to it. Okay. All right. Feel free to visit. You've never been to women's study? You've never went to the bathroom during women's study? Okay. Right. Seriously. Evidently. Okay. Okay. When Brian said that he wanted to have a parenting conference, I was like, oh, that sounds great. Who do you, who do you have in mind? And he was like, well, you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't speak on parenting. <laughs> That's not what I do. But because I feel like a... Wait, are you recording this? I don't know what I actually did with the recorder. Did you? <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay, is it recording right now? Oh, just a little shuffling in there. Can we edit it? Because that would be awkward. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Take two. That's right. Hi. No. Um, all right, so I'm just going to pray really quick. Lord God, let all of me fall away. And Lord, we just, we, we're here because it is an impossible job without you. I don't know how people do anything without you. And so we just ask, Lord, flood us today with just the simplicity of who you are in our lives and how we're to, to give that to the next generation in this task called parenting. And we love you, Jesus. We praise your holy name. And... We just declare your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We love you, mighty God. Pour out your spirit today in your holy, holy, holy name we pray, Jesus. Amen. All right. So who thought that a child would complete the picture of your life? You know, I always laugh. I'm like, you know, we were just playing house. We got married. We got the house. And they were like... What we need is a baby. We didn't need a teenager. We needed a baby. <laughs> didn't look into the fine print. Didn't look into, wow, what in the world? Like, if you really knew, aren't you glad you didn't know now? Didn't know then what you know now, right? It is like one cell at a time is dying off. and it's a, it, But it's amazing because you wouldn't do it for anybody else. Anybody else, you would just bury them. Like, oh, you know what? Not done. Let's go outside. Um, but with, with kids, it's so amazing because God knows how to get our hearts. He knows how to wrap us up. He knows how to 
to sanctify us. He knows how to make our flesh fall and to go, you know what? I don't have this, but you do. So it's not for the faint of heart. It's got, it's so important. It's in scope and important. It, it means everything. You're raising up the, the next generation, you know, and it says it like hands in the air, like in arrows in the hands of a warrior. So are our children. That's amazing. Like, this is what we send into the future. It's not, not any of the things that seem to matter so much in, in the daily life, but this is what we send ahead. This is the message. That this, is, this is the Jesus we get to send into the next generation. It's, a, it's an amazing task. And I know that we all, let's just establish now, we all love our children or we wouldn't be here. And we want them to be blessed, and we want to be blessed. And we, you know... Armed with good intentions, people usually do one of five things. They either focus on behavior, and so they have little whitewashed tombs, eventually, and little Pharisees. Raising up, we're talking about Christian parenting. We're not talking about anything else. Um, or they focus on the environment, and they try to create the bubble where the, per- the child never has any pain. And, or, and, and you know, sometimes, I mean, God calls us to all different Scenarios. So he calls some kids to go to public school, some kids to go to be homeschooled, some kids to go to private school. In the end, every single one of them needs Jesus. Every single one. We cannot prevent pain. And pain is a great teacher. We should not try to prevent um, pain from our kids. But some people try to create this bubble. Like you're going to, you know, and it's kind of how, you know, the little league, everyone gets a, a um, trophy. Yeah. What is that? Okay. So... Again, the bubble. And the world will eventually play along with that. It'll just slap them. So we might as well jump in there. and Not slap them, but allow them to feel pain. Right. I know what you're thinking, Marianne. All right. And then the, the third attempt people that do is they focus on self-esteem. And they try to build their child up. And <clears throat> you're wonderful, you're wonderful, you're wonderful. Which they are. But we are, all need a savior. And, you know, it was a turning point in, in one of the kids' life when she said, I'm horrible. And I said, you are. You are. And so am I. And so are every single person on the planet. And that's why Jesus died. And to be able to, to realize that we're not here to build a false self-esteem. We're here, here to build identity and, and inheritance in our kids. So, and what happens if we, we build self-esteem is we build little takers. And my mantra is kind of whatever little monster you create. And I don't mean kids being a monster. I mean little monsters as far as like, feed me, feed me, feed me. You have to feed. And so the world won't feed. The world won't play along. So we have to teach our children to be givers, not takers. And with the self, when we focus on their self-esteem, that's what we do is we, we create little takers. And then a lot of times people just do what their parents did. Or else they were birthed out of so much, they, they had experienced so much pain as a child that they tried to do exactly the opposite. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. And we begin to make those absolutes. I think we're, we're parenting from a place of pain rather than God's power. Um, and then there's always those that just wing it. We all live in the same house. We go to church once a month. They'll all be fine, you know, wishful thinking. But what, we, what God calls us to do is focus on our heart because it's out of the heart that the mouth speaks. It's out of the heart where kids grow and become fully capable adults that rely on the Lord. So um, I first want to take just a minute to um, just first give a big disclaimer. I am not a perfect parent. I don't even know any perfect parents except God. 
And I, I am not doing this because I have got it all figured out. And my children are not there. They're wherever they're supposed to be. They're not there. They're on their way, but they're being pushed from behind, nonetheless. <laughs> but they are, they are on their way. But my kids are not perfect. Rome isn't built in a day. And we need to let our kids be kids, but we also need to give ourselves breathing room. Without the Lord, there's, this is impossible. And so um, today we're, we're just going to have fun. I don't know. Um, and just really, like, simplify parenting. So I would just want to ask that we all just stop. If there's anybody you need to forgive, I just want to take a minute to do that because I want us to get the most out of today. <clears throat> So, Jesus, I just pray that if there's anybody we need to forgive, Lord, we want to bring that person before you, and we want to bless them. Lord, I'm sure that everyone has had a difficult week, and coming to a parenting conference really brings out areas and focus on bad parenting and falling short parenting. And so, Lord, we just give that all to you. (coughs) And we ask, Lord, Lord, forgive us for holding a grudge against anybody. And we want to forgive them. And we want to walk in truth and in love because that's what you call us to do. We praise you, mighty God. Praise your holy name. Amen. All right. So things to keep in mind. My kids aren't perfect and neither are yours. Um, it's all a work in progress. It's, it's designed for our sanctification. Parenting is designed. And um, you love your children. You wouldn't be here if you didn't. We all make mistakes. It's part of life. We'll continue to make mistakes until we meet Jesus. <coughs> Will you give me some water, please? <clears throat> um, but we have to submit to God's word. And I'm not speaking about your children. I know that you guys don't think that. But you know what I mean? There's no subliminal messages. There's no read between the lines. Um, and it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what God thinks. And that's what qualifies us to speak. It would qualify you to speak. Is that the word of God is true and and never and prosperous in the thing for which it's sent. It thank you so much. It never returns void. So, um, and each child is different, but the standard is the same. Every single child has its own, and that that's one of the greatest things. And I know I've said this before. Though one of the greatest things that I realized when I had a child with special needs is that. I have five kids with special needs and a husband with special needs, let's just be honest. Um, I love him. But he has special needs too. And so it, Micah's needs were obvious and, and glaring. And, uh, you know, I mean, he obviously his are more um, apparent. But all my kids have special needs. They all have something. And they have individual gifts and calling. And God has created them in a way that... My job is to help them, help figure out what they need and to help them, help figure out their strengths. You know, and I, I, I know all of you, so I know that you're not like destined for your child to become a doctor or destined for your child to be this or that. But to be able to go, okay, God, you made this child and they are truly on loan. And so you made this child, so show me what I need to do. What does this child need right now? And so um, our goal is to co-parent with the Lord. No, you're fine. Um, our goal is to co-parent with the Lord, not to parent on our own. So um, I just want to talk about the basis of biblical parenting really quick. And then, um, first of all, Proverbs 22. And we went through, in, in Bible study, we've gone through this where we look at, in the word for a, 
a command, and it's almost always accompanied with a promise. And so the command in Proverbs 22, 6 is train up a child in the way they should go. And then the, the promise that follows that is that when they're old, they will not depart on it. Now, I can't tell you how much comfort that scripture has given me. Because when I feel like all is lost, and are they even hearing what I'm saying? That, I go back and go, but you say. And my eyes are not on my child's behavior. My eyes are on you, Lord. So there's three biblical principles that I live by. And basically, you can't take them where you're not. If we're not submitting to the word, they're not going to submit to the word. Or gives them permission to not submit to the word. Whatever you talk, you're not. Yeah. You can't lead somebody where you're not. <clears throat> the second is what you tolerate will increase. A two-year-old laying on the floor, quite frankly, you can walk over them and go, huh, that's cute. But when it's 14 and it's some, throwing something across the room, it's not so cute. So whatever we tolerate in our, in our own lives, an angry fit today might be a fit of rage two years from now if we don't get ourselves under control. Um, but so, you know, that was, it was interesting having five kids and then having a little bit older kids, their sins seem more prevalent than my younger one who was laying off. I'm like, huh, you know, this is nothing compared to a smart attitude or whatever, smarting off. But, but God was like, no, 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 this is that. Deal with it now. Deal with it now. And in a loving way, when you still look. Not when you still love, when you still lack this person. <laughs> and when it's <clears throat> clearly not directed toward you. You know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah. What you, to- what you tolerate will increase. And, and that goes for our life as well. Wherever we make excuses to not come under the protection of the word, it will increase. It will increase in other areas. The last one is you can't live in one world. And expect results from another world. We can't live in the flesh and expect freedom and blessings in the spirit. Um, so there's four biblical aspects of parenting. And I know... <clears throat> yes. You can't live in one world and expect results from another. So basically there's four aspects of biblical parenting. There's biblical mandates that are very clear. Train up a child in the way they will go, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. Then there's biblical principles, um, like Psalm 1, um, the man who walks in the way of the Lord. These are timeless truths from the word that we get. And then there are convictions, things that we are convicted about um, in terms of, not convictions in a negative um, connotation, but like I'm convicted that my children will go to church every week. Some people give their kids the, the choice of going to church. My children will go, that's for me. Okay, these are our convictions, and it's not because we're pastors. It's because this is my house, and we're going to serve the Lord. And everybody has different scenarios. So, And then the fourth component of, of parenting that I think where we get into is legalism. Because what's right for my kids, biblical mandates are non-negotiables. <clears throat> biblical principles are are truths that are in the Bible <coughs> that we can't vary from, that we know will happen. But convictions, the Lord may say something different to you than he says to me about a child and where they are. 
And, and when we become legalistic with ourselves, with other parents, is when we go off the word and we decide what I, homeschooling is a mandate from the Lord. No, it's not. It is a conviction that you have. And what you're doing with your house is amazing, but it's not a biblical mandate. And so when we, when we hold up our standards as high as the word of God, we get legalism. And I think that's oftentimes why a lot of kids rebel um, because everything is their shoes being picked up. Now, I've asked you to pick up your shoes, and you're not picking your shoes, so now that is disobedience. But that's not the same as a, as a, as, as a biblical mandate. Jesus didn't come back and say, there's your shoes. He's going to say, you didn't honor your parents. Do you know what I mean? The difference. So we have to be very careful with legalism because kids rebel against legalism. And we rebel against legalism. And when we decide that, you know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, you know, my dad made me come downstairs every day and rub his feet. And he would get really angry if I didn't rub his feet. And that was like, what? And I was just like, ew. You know, first of all, I had to rub somebody's feet. And I would just run out the door. Um, but just that, that, that thing of like holding up our preferences. Our preferences are strong. I like a clean house. I just like a clean house. It is just the death of me having five kids because it's just mm-hmm. not a clean house. But it is, I mean, but I like things to be in order. I function well with them in order. But it's not the word of God. And it's not their character and their heart. I want them to learn to pick up so that someday they may be married and move out, you know, after them. <laughs> That's right. I don't want any failures to launch. <laughs> but but this is important to me. And they know it's important to me. But it's not the word of God. And we have to be so clear with our kids the difference of preference. Okay, write your question down on the card because we are going to have a time for questions. Okay, so I'm going to get through this really quick or else I'm going to throw the entire day off and probably the whole universe off its axis. Okay, so deal with your own sins. Sins of the Father. Sins of the Father, and we know this, they are they're generational curses. They're not just something that lands on you. They're something that you've modeled to your child where they think it's acceptable. Alcoholism. Gossip and slander. Bad-mouthing people cursing all of those can be generational curses because our kids think those are okay to do um if we don't obey god's word they, that gives them permission to not obey god's word um they are little mirrors and i, I know that you had the pleasure of seeing your own sin and flesh in your child and going wow where did you get that <laughs> If I don't do that anymore since this morning, I stopped. <laughs> you know, and it said that attitudes are not taught but caught. Mm-hmm. We have to be real. We have to say, you know what? I love Jesus and I'm failing every day. And I'm just going to confess this right now just so that <clears throat> this won't come as a surprise. You guys, nobody in here thinks I'm a perfect parent. We all know me. You've seen me with my kids. But <clears throat> this week I got a new car. And one of my children had not experienced what a cigarette lighter was and had no idea. Mm-hmm. They thought it is, they did, I don't know what they thought. But anyway, I have new leather seats. And they took the cigarette lighter and they put it on, well, on the side. Yeah. And I yelled out, that was so stupid. And I'm like, ah, ah. So 
I know. I was just like, what were you thinking? Brand new. Branded, yes. Like, oh, goodness. And then I said to them, I said, I'm so sorry I yelled out that was stupid. And he's like, why? It was stupid. And I'm like, good point. Could have said it nicer. (laughs) Could have said it nicer. But you know what? We all make mistakes. And you know what? If I can have taught my kids one thing, it's how to apologize. Because I apologize the most. And I say, you know what? I'm sorry. Mom was wrong. Please forgive me. That was wrong. You know, the other day, my very brilliant five-year-old told me we were all moving and out, and it was stressful. And she's like, Mom, I think you just need to go do a devotional. (laughs) (laughs) So texting while driving, judging (coughs) others, being critical, (coughs) gossiping, acting out in anger, cheating, lying, it'll all be caught. If we don't catch it, if we don't bring it under the Lord and say, you know what, we have been really this. We, we, Brian and I have times where, like, you know what, we've, been, we've gone through a, a hard month or whatever. Forgive us for not giving you enough attention. Forgive us for, for being short with you. We don't want to bring anger into our home because we know about partnering with spirits. And we know that whatever we do, we, outside of God's hand, outside of his word, we got to make right. That's just it. We're all on the ground. So God's goal for us is to co-parent with him. And so I just want to end this session with just asking, like, what spirits are we letting into our home? What have we decided are permissible sins? And are you willing to let go of them today? Are you willing to go home to your kids if they're old enough and to say, you know what, I've... I'm, a, I'm letting this in my life. You know what? And it's so interesting because even if a child doesn't know you're struggling with that sin, have you ever seen that same sin in your children? It's so, because we're a spiritual being. No, never. No. What do you mean? Um, but it's, even if they don't know, that spiritual realm is still there warring for that child's heart in that area. And when we open the door to sin, we let it come in, and it can take. So I just want to encourage you. This is really about you. It's an intervention your kids paid me to be here. I believe it. <laughs> Mine too, right? Okay, so the rest of, for the rest of the day, we're going to be discussing three things, three goals that every parent should have. And you have it in your packet. Um, so every parent should have is, number one, your child's salvation. Number two, getting them into Harvard. No kidding. Um, number two is to, to to walk. Where is it? To it's it's on it's on one, two, three, and four. So two to help them walk in the ways of the Lord, and three to train them to become independent of you, and dependent upon the Lord. That's it. That's it. That's the goal of parenting: salvation to train them to walk in the ways of the Lord and to. To slowly help them become less dependent upon you and more dependent upon the Lord. Then we work ourselves out of a job, right? All right. We're going to have a quick video, and then my friend Jennifer's going to come out. Oh, that's right. Okay. All right.
Jennifer and uh, Christy and I, it's so funny. I, I can stop now because I love how the Holy Spirit moves. She's talking. I was like, oh, I was going to say that. And she's talking. I was like, oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> and so, so I'm just going to repeat what a lot of things that Christy said and some of the points and then some new points. But um, uh, yesterday when I came and your husband actually, we went through the whole process to make sure he's okay. So thank you for that. And my name is Jennifer Pitts and Christy and I met a long time ago when our daughters, my daughter's a year older than her daughter, were in, I think, second grade together. My daughter's in, in ninth grade now. So it was, it was a long time ago. And I just love her. I, I, I love her. Some of the things she said about special needs, I, I, um, I am a teacher. I used to be a teacher. Now I'm a homeschooling mom. But my kids are actually in a homeschool co-op, so I'm not really a homeschooling mom. Um, I, I use the same verse, Proverbs 22, 6, because as a Christian mom, you know, that's your goal. And someone explained it to me, is to train up them for the call that God has in their life. And that's, because, that's, you know, it's, they use the, when you're a Christian, they start with this stuff, and you're like, okay. What does that mean? And so it says to, for the call, the bent is how it was explained to me at one time, the bent that they have. So when she said that about we're not striving for our um, children to be doctors and lawyers, as a former, when I was a principal, before my kids were born, I had a, a, a gentleman come in and he was um, 60-something years old, fully dressed in a suit and a fedora, interviewing for a teaching position. He'd never been a teacher before. He had been a lawyer his entire life. But his mother had died, and now he was pursuing the career he wanted. And that, that broke my heart. It just reminded me, they don't belong to me. I'm not supposed to train them up in the way Jennifer thinks they should go. And, and so now, I, I could, obviously, I couldn't hire him. He had no experience. He'd never been in a classroom before, but he's like, I always wanted to be a teacher. And so now, at 62, I'm going to start my teaching career. So I encourage you to train your children up the way the Lord wants them to be, because it doesn't go away. 62. You know, you think, oh, well, he's a lawyer. No, it just never went away. So, um, I, I, like, I used to be a teacher. I used to be a principal. Now I'm doing the greatest calling, I think, as a mom. Um, one of the things she said, too, was um, that we don't, we don't, going to church and whatnot is an option. You know, I always think it's funny when people say, they don't, they make them go to school. They make them do this. But church, eh, you can, you can decide. And that's like the greatest, the greatest decision they'll make for eternity. And you can decide. You're not old enough to decide. If you can't decide to go to school, then you can't decide to go to church. I, I'm going to make those decisions for you because I truly understand it. So, um, oops, is that? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that's me and my family. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> that's our Christmas card. Because once your kids get over like 10, you don't do group pictures. <laughs> so, so it's like, oh, we have no pictures together as a family. Except for the Christmas card. So that's the most current picture we have. That's us in 2003. And that's us um, just this year with our, our dog, um, Max. 
But before I go on, I want to thank Christine for letting me give me the opportunity to come and share with you. I love God. I love kids. Obviously, that's why I chose it for a career. Um, I worked in a Christian school. I worked in the public sector. I was a foster parent. I had an opportunity to get all of my parenting experiences out with somebody else's child. And I raised my niece for a couple of years. Um, I, my, my major was psychology. So I, I know a lot about um, parenting under my own strength. But I, in all of that, I realized that the real way to do it is, is in God's strength. So, um, like I said, I used to be a teacher and a principal. Right now, I'm a cab driver um, for two teens. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Just paint my car yellow. Um, so, but, uh, so, like I said, I want to talk about, um, Christy's asking me to share with you, struggling for your child salvation. And because I am a teacher, I teach with PowerPoints and notes and stuff. So, I can't do as uh, Christy just does it off the cuff. And I was like, we were chatting, and I said, yeah, of course you didn't have to take forever. You just do it. And so, I had to put it all together. So, I'm going to um, use um, PowerPoints and whatnot. But we're striving for our child salvation because if we don't teach our children about Christ and to follow Jesus, the world will teach them not to. And, and all the experience I've had over the years with children, I see that coming to fruition. So it is, it, there's, there's the most important job you can have after um, you becoming your, getting your own salvation straight is making sure that your children uh, have their salvation. When I was a foster parent, we had an opportunity to be interviewed by a television show about foster parenting, and they said, what would be the saddest thing for you? And I said that she wouldn't accept Christ. I mean, the thought of getting into heaven and your children not being there. I mean, it's just, it's, I, don't even, I just can't even fathom that. I don't even want to like let it cross my mind. So every day I live for Christ and bringing Christ um, to my children. So... If you whether you believe that or not, I thought I'd share a little video. That's another thing. She's like, you heard Tim Hawkins? I was like, oh, I'm into Tim Hawkins videos. So, <laughs> so, so, so we both have a Tim Hawkins video. And so um, here's the Tim Hawkins video that I shared with you today. Yeah, he is funny. Hopefully it starts. I was reading this thing in the news several months ago, and it was uh, this is a news story talking about the existence of atheist megachurches. I mean, what do you do there? Do you sing worship songs at an atheist church? What do you say? Like, shout to the void, all the earth, let's sing. Power and majesty, praise to nothing. What do you sing to? <laughs> They have children's church at the atheist mega church. What songs do you sing to kids in the atheist church? Like, no one loves the little children. The children of the world. No one hears you when you cry. No one hears your lullaby. No one loves the little children of the world. Reason why, reason why we exist, but there's no reason why. Reason why, reason why we exist, but there's no reason why. Your boat gently down the reef Wallowing, 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 wallowing In your unbelief Let's do the rounds, remember the rounds? Oh, no, we don't want to do that Let's try a new one Evolution, this I know For Charles Darwin told me so Accidentally alive If you're weak, you won't survive <laughs> Right? 
hope and certainty And when I D.I.E. I will be A-L-O-N-E I love that guy, and I love that he just made it as clear as it is. When yeah. we, 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 want, we don't want our children to die and be alone. And we are so fortunate that we have the promise that we won't die and we won't be alone, that we'll go to Christ. So I'm going to start by asking you a question. Have you ever been to um, a white elephant party? Raise your hand. You've been to those white elephant parties where they, everybody brings a gift and you get to steal each other's gifts. I, I say that's a great testament to love thy neighbor. It's like, oh, that's mine. And, and I, 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 my early on, I went to one and I was not kind because I got candy snot and I was all upset. I was like, what's candy snot? And <laughs> so, so, I was, so I've learned now that to be, to be prepared that when you go to these white elephant gifts, you aren't going to necessarily parties. You're not going to get something that you want. So a few years ago, I was at one. And they had a lot of gifts that were wrapped like this. And they were just beautifully wrapped. And it's just a bunch of women. So we're scrambling for all the pretty wrapped gifts. But there's one gift that was wrapped like that. And so we're just like, nobody wanted that. Wanted that. And the girl who, bought, who brought the gift kept saying, it's really something good inside. It's really something good inside. And we're like, no. And so everybody's fighting over these gifts. And then we finally, these, so these gifts are all gone. We open them. It's like, you know, crappy stuff inside, toilet tissue and, and stuff. And you're just like, oh. And so there's... So then the last gift on the table is this one, and then the person who had no choice but to pick it picked it, and it was a beautiful wallet. And all the women go, oh, and she goes, I told you it was something good inside. <laughs> and, but, but, but we couldn't get past this. And sometimes I feel like the gift of salvation is like that. The world presents Jesus as that ugly gift. He's, you know, you have to, you can't say bad words, you can't dance, you can't this, you can't that, you can't this, you have to get married, blah, blah. And it's just constant of what Jesus, that he's just an ugly gift. But so, so we have to explain to our children that he isn't an ugly gift. He's the best gift in the world. To get that gift of salvation, to spend eternity in Christ is something that we um, want to make sure that we help them unwrap that. But they won't unwrap that. They'll be just like us, grabbing all the pretty things. I get to go here. I get to do what I want. And then, when, and then in the end, I mean, I, I, I've had a few friends who have not who've waited till marriage and who didn't kiss them to their first date, I mean, to their wedding day. And not one of them says, Johnny, I wish I had a kissed a whole bunch of other guys. They all say, I'm so glad I waited. And because they understood salvation, they understood all of it. Now, each person, like Christy said, same thing. Each one of us is called on a different walk. I get so frustrated how we are turning into a society that we all have to be the same. But yet, like I shared with Christy, you know, I drive a Toyota. I don't look at people who drive um, Ford and look, Ford. What difference does it make? God has created each one of us to do on on their walk. There are certain things you have to do. Salvation is one of them. You know, don't make sure you go to church and et cetera. And you and God, but God deals with you where you're at. As Christians, we and humans, we kind of want everybody to be exactly the same. And that is not what it's so funny. We're okay with diversity over here, but not over here. And it's like you have to let everybody have their their own walk. Anyway, so um I want to talk to you about, in Acts 4, he says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And that's Jesus. So we want to make sure we present Jesus um, to our kids. There's nothing automatic about salvation. We shouldn't presume that it's going to happen, that, that because my kids go to church, because I, I, they don't sing in the worship team, because we go to youth group, that they're automatically going to be saved, because they're not. There's, the devil has a plan, always, looking, looking, looking. I, I, I always say that I wish that he would say, well, gosh, she's been walking with the Lord for all these many years. I might as well give up. No, I always feel like he says, today's the day I might get her to turn. Today's the day. And so every day we have to walk with God, because every day he's looking for an opportunity uh, to take us back. To take us away from where we're supposed to go. But I think we are, I guess it is back because we did start off as sinners. 
Um, so Christy wants me, we, we talked about what we could talk about and striving for your child's salvation. And I don't want you to get confused about what striving is. You know, in the world, uh, tell me, am I in your way? Because I can move over here. Can you see? Okay. Striving for the world, in the world's salvation, it's, you know, to make great efforts, to do all that. And striving for your salvation is similar to that, but we don't strive within our own power. We strive within the power that God has given us to. Because Paul says, um, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself up to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness, godly, godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is a savior of all people, and especially for those who believe. Paul's point here is that um, we labor and strive not for physical training, or the godliness listed, but rather for the whole concept of godly living. We're not just trying to get one thing or this, you know, like, like uh, there's certain uh, denominations that want, you know, make sure you do this, or you make sure you do that. But we want whole godly living. Everything is godly living. And the act of obedience is to train up a child in the way he should go so that when he is old, he won't depart from it. And that, that actually is a form of obedience and that, and versus um, disobedience. So... When uh, you start to think to yourself, I mean, we've gone through this process about this and that and that, but the question is really why? Why Why should you do it? You know that you want them to go to heaven, and you think, okay, well, I'll just pray, and I sh- they'll just go to heaven. But it has to be a, a daily striving. And the reason why, there's my why, is because God said so. In addition to everything that I mentioned early, you want to fix these words in your hearts and mind and tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads and teach your children and you talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk around along the road and when you lie down and when you get up you know I later on I'll talk a little bit more about my uh, son and daughter but we are fortunate and blessed that they they have accepted Christ fully and, but you, but every I see people you know accept Christ and then they haven't accepted Christ so that's why I think they instruct us here in Deuteronomy that it has to be constant it has to be all the time it can't just be on Sunday or on Saturday nights or on Monday. I mean, my kids are probably, <laughs> they've heard the same stories over and over, but I am constantly, everything that I look at is an opportunity. And I am a teacher. When the Bible says they instructed people to be teachers, I thought everybody got, was like that. And then I start meeting other people. It's like, oh, it just doesn't come naturally. But then there's other things that I don't do, like when people say, oh, oh, I just love to run. Oh, God, please, no, not running. And so there's different things that the, the Lord has given us. But for me, teaching is just who I am. And so every day I'm thinking about, oh, it's like, look, isn't that drive you to God? Drive you to God. What's driving you to Christ? What's driving you to Christ? Some people drive their kids to other things. And you can, you know, they like our family, we're not sports people. And so we don't do any sports or anything. And so, so when I see people, it's like, oh, we love baseball. We're like, oh, yeah. Oh, we love football. I was like, oh, that's right. Is, what, what's that? Oh, Super Bowl. Yes, yes, Super Bowl. Yes, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna watch it. And so, so because we don't, we don't. But I love God, and we, and so I push every day to strive my kids um, to that. So um, you talk about it, the why, and then you want to know the when. Now, like I said, when for when for me is all the time. But um, I think it's imperative as Christian parents. Oh, I didn't share that. No, but I think it's imperative for Christian parents and ministry workers to not get preconceived notions. Um, about when, and I was watching uh, Daystar the other day, and this guy was on there, and his um, his father and fat was really horrible, and his parents were uh, demon worshippers, and he had an opportunity to go to church, and he was sitting with little, and he was at church, and he's like, finally somebody's going to love me because they were demon worshippers, they weren't loving, they were unkind, and so he's standing in line, and he's like, someone's going to love me, someone's going to touch me, someone's going to pray for me, and they looked at him and said, oh, he's too young, and passed him over, 
And he said when his father, he said that's when I embraced, embraced the de- demonic worship, the, the whole, I don't know what they call it, but he said I embraced it because I'm in a church and they thought I was too young, but my parents didn't think I was too young. And when his father died, he became the head demon guy. Praise God, God is faithful. He's on Daystar talking about his salvation. But because they thought he was too young, they didn't pray for them. And I, each person walks their own walk. You drive your own car, you marry your own husband, you get your, you walk your own walk with Christ. But you don't just assume that because they're six or they're five or they're four, they don't understand. God, it, God knows their heart. This is my daughter, Bethany, and her best friend, Julia. They have, we have known, they've known each other since before. We've known their parents since before they were born. So we were pregnant and our kids were one. Bethany was at Julia's house for a sleepover when she was five or six. And we have always, our kids know, they know nothing but church. They know nothing, like, you know, just like that. Well, I started, I was in church before my kids were born, and so they know, that's all they know. They don't know a different world. Praise God. That's, that's, that's a blessing. That's a, not everybody doesn't have that opportunity. But um, she was at a sleepover at her, at her best friend's house, and in the bedroom, she led her friend to Christ. And she came home, she's like, I killed Julia! And she was all excited. And I was thinking, you're like, ooh. How many friends do I have that I haven't even talked about the salvation message? Because, oh gosh, they might get mad at me. They're not going to be my friend. And, and she says, I said, and so I asked her just recently uh, as I was preparing, and she said, I said, why did you do that? Why did you feel the need to ask her? And she says, well, because I was going to go to heaven, and I didn't want my best friend to not go to heaven with me. And I thought, oh, why are we all like that? You know, praise God. That, so at six, she was in there, and just they were there, and she just led her to Christ right there. And just last month, we went to that girl's confirmation at her, because they're um, Presbyterian. And so we went to her confirmation. And, her, and, and we lived our lives. When, they, when we met them, her father had, was raised Jewish, and her mother had raised, like, kind of Catholic. But, but they did nothing. They didn't go to church. Period. We spent, we've lived in our house for 17 years. We've lived our life before them. And now the dad says, can't imagine a Sunday not going to church. Yes, God, come on. Because he was Jewish. So they praise God. So um, there's a few questions you want to ask your children before you start that uh, process. You always want to live a life before them. You always want to be ready for them any day. If they say, today, Mom, I want to stop what you're doing and, and accept that. Don't, I don't care if your food burns. You know, better your food burn than them burn. So you want to ask them, do they understand the meaning of sin? A child must understand the concept of sin and not just the word itself. Because um, <laughs> sin is uh, choosing our way instead of God's way. A child must understand that it's deliberate. A choice to disobey. My niece, Tiffany... Gosh, I'm going to run over um, Dylan. <laughs> I'm going to try to talk faster. My niece Tiffany, when she was at my uh, mom's house, she actually threw a vase down and broke it. And my mom says, why'd you break that vase? And she says, because I wanted to. She's like six. And I, I said, well, I'm going to beat your butt because I want to. Because she was like that mom. I'm going to knock the snot out of you because she grew up in the south. So anyway, um, do they realize that they have sin? Um, I'm just going to go through these. Do they realize that their sin is God uh, against God? At a certain age, they don't. They realize that they've sinned, but they don't understand that sin separates them from God and that it's against God. Um, let the Holy Spirit guide you in that. Don't rush through that. Let the Holy Spirit guide you as to when you think they're ready and when they're going to accept it. Like I said, do they realize? And the age of accountability is different from all children. Uh, each of us learned how to walk and take a bike, ride, take a bike, ride a bike sleep through the night, everything at different times. So their age of accountability is different too. It's important that um, when you lead a child to a commitment, that he, does, he, under, he understands it. Um, leading a child to a premature decision 
It's like getting a, a vaccination. And when you vaccinate a bacteria, they get just enough of Christianity. So when the real reason, when, the, when God really shows up, they're like, I'm good with that. And I was sharing this with my husband, and he said the same thing, that he grew up in a family of eight. He was the youngest. And, and he went to church all the time, but it wasn't a relationship. And so he thought, I'm good. I don't need to, I don't need to accept Christ. I got all this because he had been vaccinated. And so, and so he lived a, he went in the Navy, he lived a crazy life. And then after he got out of the Navy, he turned his life around and came. And then he met me, and his life was wonderful from that point forward. And so, so just kidding. <laughs> like Christy said, I, I, you know, you wish that was that, but you look at yourself, you look at yourself, you're like, who are those people? Oh, that's me. <laughs> because it's just like that. So um, the next question is the how. This very simple way, the ABCs, admit, believe, commit. Um, admit you're a sinner and believe that Jesus because sometimes we struggle with okay now that my kid said yes how do I do that how do I how do I walk them and you can just you can just do those those um, quick ABCs and walk your kids through that oh good um, I'm not going to run over I'm just going to run over a little bit um, tell them that God loves them and he created them to know them personally I think I have adult friends who don't believe that God loves them it's like oh my gosh how did you be how how they didn't grow up in the church and now they're Christian and they still they're like I still struggle with that and my husband said how can they know God because God is love and they don't know that he loves them so you want to tell the kids God, I love you God loves you my 18 year my son will be 18 next week I don't know how that happened, but um, I know. Can you believe it? But he says to me all the time, he'll just walk around, hey, mom, I love you, mom. I just love you so much, mom. I love you. But we, I love him. I tell them I love him. I tell them that God loves you. There's a saying, I love you, but God loves you more. That's a great saying to say that to your kid. Explain that man is sinful and that they're separated from God. They need to understand that, that I was sinful, that I was separated from God. I love the saying that there's no grandchildren in heaven. You know, they each need to walk and have their own um, personal relationship with Christ. And explain that it's Jesus and not, it's not Muhammad, it's not Buddha, it's not whoever. It's Christ is the only way. We're the only faith that says that. So you want to make sure they understand that from the beginning. So when someone comes and says, well, all gods are the same. Oh, I hear that all the time. It's all, all roads lead to hell. Except for one, not heaven. And explain that um, we must each, each individually receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. That's something they need to understand that. Like I said, there's no grandparents. Mommy had to receive daddy, grandma, everybody who had to do it on their own, all by themselves. And um, there's, I don't know if you're familiar with the Wordless book. I love that. You can Google it because I, I don't, don't want to go through the whole thing. But it's, I, I learned that when I was in... Um, and teaching at the Christian school, it's how you can walk your kids through the whole understanding. My heart was dark with sand until the Savior came in. The one was precious blood. I know it's walked me wide as snow when you go through the colors. And I, like I said, I like to find symbolism everywhere because Christ is everywhere. When you really spend time in the Word, you start to realize it is everywhere because it's, it, it's him. And so I, had, I saw this on the Internet. They're, they're right there. The, there's the, 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 the wordless book right there in, um, in the Olympic rings. So uh, you want to make sure you attend church. Here's your next step. Read the Bible together. Serve with your child. If there's, if there's one thing that our kids saw us doing, we, we opened the church, we closed the church. We opened the church, we closed the church. And they just got church like better, like deeper than school or deeper than anything else. It was churching and serving for the Lord and just being there. And now both of them, when we, we changed churches recently, and both of my kids are like, oh, what am I going to do? They're, they weren't serving before we were. Imagine our show, like, what should we do? And they're like, I'm up in a coffee bar. I'm doing this. And you're just like, wait, what should we do? But we raised them to, to serve to serve the Lord. Um, pray with and for your child. Oh, my gosh. People say, I'm going to pray for you. And I always say, you should say, oh, I'm going to use the most powerful, best weapon I have. I'm going to pray for you. Because nothing else we touch has created the universe. 
I mean, come on. I, my, my old pastor's father used to say, I had a meeting with the creator of the universe today. I think you can have time. You have time for me. He was a salesman. And it was like, he, he said, people would say, well, if you, if you feel that way about it, I think I do have. We have an t- opportunity to meet with the creator of the universe and talk to him about our kid. Uh, pray earnestly and frequently that the spirit will open their eyes and their heart for him. You know, just, just pray for them. Continue to do your part as the parent and teaching your child about Jesus. Just, you know, it's so simple when they're young and when they get older, it's still simple. And rest in the comfort of knowing that God is providential and, that, and sovereign and that he, he has a plan for them. And it's a great plan. Uh, our, our family um, Bible verse is Jeremiah 28, 9, 11. I know the plans the Lord has for you, for good and not evil. He has great plans. And we just come alongside him and say, let's go, God. Let's get um, our great plans. So um, today, in my closing, never stop praying. As I was preparing today, I noticed that there was a dichotomy between whether you should. Lie. Some people are like, I don't have to do anything. This is my, not my responsibility. I don't have to do anything to strive for my children's salvation. So, and, you know, there's always, in the body of Christ, there's always two schools of thought. And so um, you don't, it is not your responsibility. It is the Holy Spirit that drives them, not, that pulls them to him, not you. But you do have a, 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 a responsibility to, pr- to push them to Christ. And what I mean by push, I mean pray until something happens. Do not, do not just give up. Just keep praying. But I, I never stop pushing. And I encourage you to do the same. God helps us to grow up. And, you know, growing up, we did, I did, we had a lot of rules in our house. I mean, you know, moms manage run the house. And so we had a lot of rules, wiping out the sink after it was used. And a lot of stuff like that, that, you know, in hindsight, my mom's an amazing mom and it's, um, but she would probably do over. But when I was introduced to the Lord and grew up going to church, but not necessarily, it wasn't modeled in my home. <laughs> we went to church. We were Christian churchgoers. Um, but so wiping out the sink and lying were equal. And so I was like, who would want God who has just more rules? You know, I've got enough rules, and I'm a rule breaker, as you know, by nature. It's in me to go, let's see what happens if the sink isn't wiped out. I don't know. Why not? But, um, but now I like the sink wiped out. <laughs> the generational curse of dry sinks. Um, but so, so we have to be so careful, and that's what we talked about, is that I prefer the sink to be wiped out, but that isn't Jesus. That's my preference, and that's how I like to run the home. But I, I don't know. I really actually don't even bring up the sink. If the sink is even, it's just clear. I'm happy. I'm really happy. So, um, but, but just to know the difference of we can't give our kids all these rules and say, come fit in our mold because they will break our mold. They will break our hearts and break our molds if we try to put them in a mold. So the third session is to train your child to walk in the ways of the Lord. The only way that you can train your child to walk in the ways of the Lord of the Lord is to walk in the ways of the Lord. We can't take them where we're not. And so I am in your folder. There should be a handout that talks about the umbrella protection. And it's a really simple illustration. It's not that clear on here, like as far as print copy, I mean, a quality, but it is monumental. I believe in helping your child and us understand it's the stick figure one. Um, what it means to really be under the umbrella of protection. The umbrella of protection is God's word. God's word will, will always work. It may not work immediately. It may not work 
um, when we when we want to. God is faithful, and so if we stay under the protection of God's word, we will be protected. It, things life won't be perfect, but we we're covered because we trust God. But when we step outside of His protection, and this is a really powerful tool to use with kids, that we open ourselves up for attack. You know, it, it, and it, it can come with siblings quarreling. It can come with kids, you know, just doing anything that's outside the word of God to understand you're not protected. And I want you to be protected. I have to stay under God's word. I've gone outside of God's word by being unkind. I've gone outside of God's word by yada, yada, yada. But we want to stand under God's word. And so it's so important to train them and then to keep this to go. My kids know this. And, you know, it says here, lies, temptation, slander, dirty talk. That could be any of the ugly talk or dirty talk or I don't know, whatever, doubt, fear, deceptions, accusations, anything that we do outside. And, and, and what I really think is we're in a place where you're all strong Christians. We're all strong Christians. So it's, it's not the, you know, it's not the, the huge sins that would just be like so obvious of like going out and having an affair or something that would be sick. So, but it's those subtle sins. Of like, where are we not under God's protection? Where have we stepped out and we've ex- excused something and let it go because it doesn't seem like that big of a deal or it's more subtle or it's permissible, even within judgment, even um, being critical, complaining. All of those are sins. And, you know, in, I've been studying Philippians 4, 6 through 9, which says, be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving present your request to God. And then the promise there is that we have the peace of God that transcends all understanding. And so that worry, fear, I mean, even my, my great greatest sin with my children, I believe, um, is fear because when they act, when they do something where they are acting like they don't know God or have never even heard of him, then I want, I, I, I fear for them. And I'm like, it's not I don't fear what other people think because I've been healed of that. Let's just <laughs> can't can't control the, the, like five people, six people going in different directions. You just got to let that go. But it's I fear for for them because I know the consequence of sin. And I know how sin grows, undealt with sin grows from a foothold to a stronghold. So I want to prevent that. But that still doesn't give me permission to fear for them. I have to trust God. I have to dwell with him over the situation rather than dwelling in the situation. If I dwell in the situation, I deal with the behavior and I try to change outward behavior. When I deal, when I dwell with him, I say, you know what, Lord, I see it. I address it, but I trust you. I trust that you will begin a great work is faithful to complete it. And I stay in a place. We have a, we have a budget at home that I do once a year. And that's as often as I look at it. I'm just being honest. Like I'm, I budgets make me really nervous. So I put scripture all around it. And we really should do that with our children just to put scripture all around them to say, you know what? And to even have like, I don't know if you've ever done one of those, um, what are they called? Vision boards, but to have a vision board for your child. What would your child do if they walked in your closet and saw their picture and scripture all around it? Just to know, you know what? They may never say that. They may say, well, that's a horrible picture or whatever. 
but to know that they are so loved that you are thinking about them and praying over them and you have their back 24-7. I believe that that's what our kids, that's what we need to give our kids. It's like, you know what? I see this in you. And when my kids are, and I'm kind of going off, but let me just go back to the umbrella protection. Umbrella protection is also honoring God's order. Our husbands are... Are the if we um, are married are the leaders in our house and to honor them. Now we run the household. Let's just be real and honest and brave. Brian, we're standing right here. He would be like, oh yeah, you know, he <laughs> he's so cute. I just love him. Like this morning, I said, can you take a shower before you go? And he's like, do I have time? And I'm just like, oh, he trusts me that much to know his timing is just so off. Probably perhaps I've said that for 15 years. <laughs> But it was like, you know, I was like, in the shower now, I'd like to have time. But I just said, like, this is, this is, my husband is to be the visionary for our family and to take our family. And he's not to, to manage the family. And apparently he's not even to pick up his shoes sometimes. Apparently that's not in, in his DNA makeup. And that's okay. We are not their mothers. And so that's another conference. But I love him and I release him to leave his shoes wherever I may put them back. I may not, you know, whatever. But we are not our husband's mothers. We are to let them lead our family. Both them. We are the, the, the managers, the day-to-day managers. I was trying to think of a better name than manager because it's a little higher level than manager. Let's just be honest. Managers get to go home, and they get to take breaks, and they get to go in their office. Uh, yes. Administrators, yes. I was thinking president. Shepherds. What did you say? Shepherds, yes. We are, we are, we are, we are you know, multitasking. I'm like, if... God didn't want me to multitask. He wouldn't give me so much to do. <laughs> so I pray when I'm doing other things. So, But anyway, we're going to talk about the word. We can't just talk about the word when they're in trouble. And, you know, there's, there's some, there's, with boys, for those of us who have boys, it, usually an eye-to-eye conversation means I'm in trouble. And a side-by-side conversation is, can be a lot more effective. Now, I have eye-to-eye conversations all the time, so I'm not released. But just to know what, how does, Lord, show me how this kid ticks. Show me what lies he's believing. Show me what lies she's believing. And help me build the truth into her. You know, we're co-parenting with God. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask from God who will give you liberally and without reproach. What's the struggle? Why is this such a struggle right now with this child? be able to go to the Lord and be dependent on the Lord for him to give us his answer. So we're to talk about the word. We talk about how much we love the Lord. We need to verbalize these things. We need to verbalize. And, and, you know, it looks different in every single person's house. So, you know, in our house, we have this little jar at the dinner table. And I'm just thinking when the last time we had dinner together because we've been living two places. But, um, but anyway, we go around, we, it's a question. And it may be a crazy question, or it could be, what's the funniest thing that's ever happened in your family? And it's usually something, oh, it's when... Cade <laughs> oh, was, like, trying to wave his marshmallow around. You know, it was on fire, and it landed on Brian's forehead. <laughs> oh, it's usually something where someone tried to take it for the team. <laughs> So we could all laugh, but that's okay. You know, that's all right. We've all been there. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 28 talks about the blessings for obedience. This, this word of God is to protect us, is to protect our children. I encourage all of us to be word-based people. If it's not in it, we don't have to understand it. We just have to follow it. And, it, you know, um, 
there, you know, there are things like covering your head. Is God calling us to cover our head? No. I mean, so you have to go dig a little deeper and to go, that was for the time. That was for what was going on in their culture. But tweaks of, Lord, where am I not following your word? Where am I outside your umbrella of protection? Because I've decided or made some kind of concession for this sin that was a biblical mandate that I've just decided not to follow. So I always teach my kids, put your faith in the facts, the word of God, and your feelings will follow. You know, none of us want to follow the word of God all the time. But if you put your faith in that, but if you put your faith in your feelings, if you walk in your feelings, you're going to have a train wreck because God's word will never support your feelings. It will only, because God is truth. Our feelings fluctuate with the hormonal balances of our life. Um, and live out the word. Live it out in everything you do. Like Jennifer was talking about the, in Deuteronomy chapter 11, it talks about when you walk down the path, whatever you do, Talk about the word, and not just in, a, in an awkward manner, obviously, but you know what? This is an opportunity to trust God, guys. You know, when we were told we had to move out, I said, we're going to make this an adventure. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what tomorrow looks like, but we're going to trust God. We're going to trust God. And I knew that if I made it an adventure, they would make it an adventure. If I made it a nightmare, I, we would have seven nightmares, and that would be a nightmare. real nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Um, one thing that we do in our house um, is I have the kids teach the devotional. And at first I thought, I'm going to get a little pushback on this because we do like a nightly devotional. Not every night. Let's just be real. It's not every night. But we try um, at least to get it in once a month. No, I'm kidding. No, but sometimes it probably has happened once a month. But so one of the kids, the kids are excited about it. And so I just basically tell them three points and a prayer. Take a verse, do three points in about it and a prayer, and you can do a couple illustrations in there. Just simple. But it's amazing how they have, like, embraced that. They're like, yes, I want to. And so they, they come, and, I mean, and they make a little bit of fun, you know, so we've had hellfire and screaming preachers. And, but it's okay because God is fun, and God's in a good mood. But at least they're getting in the, in the place. Uh, and one week I stayed back because kids were kind of not feeling well. And so I stayed back. And so there were, there were like four other families out there. There's 20 kids in addition to, including my kids. So I said, well, let's, you guys aren't going to church. Let's do a church service. So, um, and, and um, one of my kids got up there and preached. And I was just like, you know what? Had we not done that, he wouldn't have the confidence to do that now so to be able to teach them this is the truth this is never going to change and you need to get used to being able to proclaim it you may not be a pastor not everybody's kids are called to be pastors mom my kids aren't all called to be pastors but and i don't know which ones will let me tell you something i was the least likely of my sister and i my sister would have been i would have had her life she would have had mine if you would ask anybody that knew us so you never know and so our job is to Give our kids the roots in the word, the root, being rooted in love and tell them how much God loves them. I love when Jennifer said that, just how much God loves you. God wants you to be free. That's what I tell my kids. I'm like, what are you doing right now? Because you're out on your own. Like, God's not going to support what you're doing. You're returning evil for evil. Stop it. Um, um, I also tell my kids, I'm like, you're, you're created for greatness. This is not great behavior. And you need to get rid of it. You need to just choose to do something else. And so one thing I have developed with my kids is um, we have this little meeting 
on Sundays, not every Sunday, but I try to meet with my kids. And what I do, and this is not for younger kids, although you could kind of reduce it down for young kids, but there's a form in here. And I thought my kids were going to, like, drag their feet. They love having one-on-one time with Brian and I. They love that. And if Brian's not able, then I'll just do it. But we, but what it says on this form, and it's in your folder, is God's heart. And if, if you all signed in, so I'll send you this on an email so you can um, attachment so you can have more copies. But God's heart and my heart for you is to know Jesus as the Lord of your life, to walk in the ways of the Lord, and to learn to Him to become dependent on Him. So basically, the three goals: salvation learning to walk in the ways of the Lord and then learn to become dependent on him in every aspect of your life. And so basically what you do is you sit down, you have tea or cupcakes or whatever you want to have. And you go, you know what? I saw you do this this week. You're doing great. And then you give some examples. You're such a great whatever, you know, a lover of God. And I see, I saw you worshiping, I saw you this, that, and that. And then you talk about what do you think some areas of, what would you like to work on? What are areas of weakness? Well, I just, you know, punched or whatever. What if, what if the answer is, I don't know. Right. Well, so, so then you kind of pull it. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I got set up. Yeah. I happen to be taking notes in case you want. Um, that's right. That's right. So you talk about, you know what, you, you, you seem to always be late for like 14 years. Um, what's the specific examples? You're late. You're late again. You're late there. You're late there. You're late everywhere. I'm Dr. Seuss. Um, so what's a specific goal? I'm so glad she's not here, nor will ever listen to this CD or whatever. Um, so a specific goal. What, what would you like to work on this week? Let it be theirs. If they say, I don't know, say, all right, well, this is the greatest weakness that I see. You know, and you can even ask them, what do you see as my greatest, greatest strength? What do you see as my greatest weakness? What do you think mom should be working on? And then, okay, so, you know, uh, what is your going to be, what, let's think of a specific goal that would help you this week. Okay, I'm going to try to just honor you instead of not get all upset when you tell me to do the dishwasher. All right, that's good. That's good. Because what does God say? Well, he says to honor your mother and father. And he says to work diligently or whatever. So what are you going to do when I ask you to, to um, when you're faced with this challenge of the dishwasher? <laughs> Life could be so easy. Um, all right, I'm just going to do it with a happy heart. All right, all right, good. That's good. And so then you write down their goals. And they may have three goals. Maybe one may be for school. One may be a character goal. One may be for you know, reaching out. I mean, because we need to teach our kids to reach out to others. Otherwise, they, they're like these, the, like the Dead Sea. You know, you've got all this stuff pouring in, Sunday school pouring in. They're going to Christian schools, that pouring in, and they're just like, what do I do with all this, you know? But they've got to teach them to have an outlet. So, and then you tear off the bottom part, and you go, all right, put this somewhere where you're going to see it. And then... What you're doing is you're teaching them the greatest thing is to be able to walk and to have, if this is a goal, it's just a dream. It's a lofty dream, quite frankly, if we don't write them down. And so to be able, now, I understand understand this. I, I know they may want to wad it up. You don't have to use this form. This is one method that I think works well, is to be able to sit down and go, what's going on? What are you struggling with? How would you like me to pray for you? It can look like whatever. This is just the method that I, because of, the way my brain thinks, but everybody's doesn't. And, but to have some sort point of connection to say, your heart is the most important thing that I care about all week long. 
how, what do you need? How can I help you? Is there anything? And I ask my kids all the time, is there anything I can do? What can I do to be a better mom? And, you know, they're like, I don't know, Mom, you're the real mom. And I'm like, you already have cookies. What do you want? Um, and But to be able to say, how, how can I help you? And my kids will, you know, it's funny. With somebody says, you know, you asked me that. And, you know, I really like it when you just call my name and you don't clump me in with everybody else. Like, call you the, the boys. I'm like, all right. All right. I'll try. I'll try to remember your name at all times. <laughs> but... But it's important to you. It's important to him, so it's got to be important to me. And he knows I heard him. And I'm like, okay, just promise me. Well, forgive me if I do it, but remind me. Remind me. Because that's easy, right? That's so. Um, but anyway, so we have this. And, and I, the last, I just want to close, and I think I might be running a minute or two late. But the important thing, let natural consequences. They're the best teachers. I know. It's horrible. It's horrible. I told you, I've already disclosed one of our, our weaknesses is being late. And so we've written our daughter notes. Sorry we were late. Please excuse her for being late, period. And the teacher accepts it. And so we stopped writing notes. And so, and it's been a very hard thing to do. You've got saving face. You've got being suspended. Once you're suspended, if you're suspended late six times without an excuse, you have to to be suspended. And then you get zeros on every test in, in the school that they go to. They have tests every day. But you know what? Better now than what, losing a job? And this is a, a and we, we sometimes try to cushion pain is the best teacher. And, and the pressure that the world puts on somebody, we, to, to soften that blow now means it's going to be a harder blow later. And, you know, like we were t- I heard you mention, and, and certainly I know it well, but just leaving stuff out. You know, you can just collect that stuff and put it in the bag and say, oh, it must be in the lost and found. And the lost and found will be open next Wednesday. Do you know what I mean? And then what? You didn't get mad? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're going to have to go to school with your flip-flops or whatever? Wow. All right. Yeah. But you know what? There's a lot of things that we do that we, we get mad about. And really, our anger is a good barometer to say, I'm not letting either natural consequences take over I'm not letting, I'm not reinforcing my word. I'm using too many words and not enough action. But I don't know if you're familiar with uh, uh, some of the parenting series that are out there. First of all, you should all pat yourself on the back for spending your Saturday morning here preparing about your future. Yeah, so give yourselves a hand because the only reason that I I can't take, I, I think that my kids are the way they are is because we were purposeful about parenting. A lot of people think, I always, my husband and I just became, um, became certified to be nuthetical uh, counselors for marriage, and that just means we counsel based on the Bible, nothing else. We don't say how we feel, we don't talk about our experiences, it's just the Bible. And in that, um, 
Um, I just think that you have to, people aren't purposeful. People plan forever. They spend two years planning a wedding and zero time planning a marriage. And so and it's the same time. We have this baby shower, we do this, and then we have the kids, and we just kind of go by what our parents taught us or what we learned from somebody else. And so I appreciate your taking the time to come out and say, wow, let me, let me be purposeful about, about parenting because it's really important. And then you guys are talking about poker faces. I was like, yeah, that was one of the things they told us. When someone comes in and says, yeah, my husband beats me, you can't go, ah! <laughs> you have to say, well, first that, you have to report, but you have to say, oh, okay, well, let's talk about that. But being a poker face, and it's the same thing with um, parenting. When your kid comes in and says whatever, you need to be able to respond as calmly as you can. I, I have one friend who has three grown boys, and she used to do this thing where she would go into her boy's room. And I don't know if you remember the slogan, when what stays in Vegas, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So I don't like that slogan. But she did that with her boys in their bedroom. And she says, you can tell me anything here. I'm not going to come back and, and punish you. I'm not going to discipline you. Because she wanted them to tell her what was going on so she could pray for them. And I thought, oh, that's, that's really good. And so she said, sometimes I'd be in there going, you did what? <laughs> and she said she would just nod her head and go, okay, and then she would pray. And her boys ended up having an excellent, they all grown down relationship with her because she let them believe that she could trust them. So Christy had asked me to share about being independent of you and independent on him. And as my children are entering the last phase of, of parenting, it never stops. I remember when my uh, I was younger, my um, pastor's wife was... Um, son was graduating from high school. My son was probably like five or six. And she said, oh, I said, it's graduation. And I was thinking, have I done enough? And have I done enough? And I was like, seriously, you've been parenting for 18 years? Of course you've done enough. And now I'm like, oh, my son is going to be 18. And have I done enough? Have I done enough? I totally get that. Now when they're little, you don't get it. But when they're older, you just feel like, they're about to go out on their own. What last thing can I give them? You just like leave them for a trip. Did you get the keys? You got the tickets? You have the passport? It's, it's the same thing with your children. So whether they're eight or 18, um, you, you, they're, they're still going to come to you for advice. And the question I ask you is where do you get that advice from to give them? And so that's why it's important. And Christy mentioned the same thing is that you have to teach them. You have to be, be full of the Lord. Because the bottom line is you're not raising up another you. You're raising up the person God wants you to raise up. And the Lord checked me on that. The reason I, I, I speak like this is because the Lord has dealt with me with these things just in, and he speaks to me the same way I speak to other people. I don't, I'm not like, oh, sweetheart, darling, please. I'm like, what are you doing? And, and, and God's like, so I was at drop, when I went back to work when my, when my son was little, and I dropped him off with the babysitters, and the babysitter's sister just happened to be there. And she was all loving on him and kissing him, and, and I was like, I don't know her, and how dare she? And, and what it really was is I was jealous and I was envious that she got to spend the day with my son, and I didn't. And I was driving to work, and it's not fair, and, blah, blah. and God said, he doesn't belong to you. And it was just like that in my spirit. He doesn't belong to you. That woman was getting a blessing and, a, and, and just love that she may not have gotten from anybody else. I don't know what her life was. I don't know what she needed. But at that moment, she needed what my son had to give at four months old. And, and God put him there to give that to her. And I'm sitting here saying, mine, mine, mine. And God's like, no, no, no. So our goal is to raise our children up to do what God has called them to do. And as young as four months old, they have a purpose. You know, you look at, we have took a cruise a few years ago and there's a bunch of seniors on it. And man, those seniors were like, oh, oh, the kids. Oh, look at your son. I said, my kids, I said, they were sucking your youth out of you. <laughs> because every-
every senior they passed was like, you know, and so, but the joy that they were getting from that, and we need to let that alone and let God do that. Because as, um, oh, did I turn this on? Yes. Is it working? There we go. Oh, I went the wrong way. Oh, it's on the wrong slide. So let me go so I go backwards. Can you click to the beginning for me, Dylan? It was at the end. Oh, it's on the wrong whole program. Sorry. Um, yeah, so now you get to see. Fortunately, I have a bunch of tabs open. My husband always comes in and says, why do you have 20 tabs open? I was like, because I'm looking at a whole bunch of stuff at one time. So Psalm 127 says, children are a gift of the Lord and they are a reward for him. I'm going to do what Christy said and, and create a vision board. I don't have that for my children. It's, uh, I think that is a great idea to just have them come in and be able to see. Uh, uh, is that? Oh, let me, excuse me. Talk amongst yourselves. Same thing as you have as the teaching. Turn to your neighbor and tell them something that you learned today. <laughs> because uh, one of my friends said teaching is like having uh, 20 people over for dinner and then doing it again. So today we want to talk about pointing your kids to Christ and there's a right way and the wrong way. Um, the right way is pointing them to Christ because you think they should be there and the wrong way is uh, the right way the wrong way and the right way is pointing them to Christ. Because that's where he wants them to be. And it's actually good. We're going to talk about pointing our kids to Christ. Um, the children are a gift from the Lord. Psalm 121 says, I lift, oh, my eyes up until where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Um, I, I, had to, I learned a lesson when my son was four months old. And I learned another lesson when my daughter was um, about five or six years old. And as moms, we kind of like, just, you know, we shepherd everything. We're in charge of everything. And so my husband was taking the kids to the beach. And my husband is a wonderful person, but the gift that I always say, the thing that I love about my husband is he doesn't notice things when things are dirty, when there's messy, when the things that drive me crazy about my husband is he doesn't notice things are dirty when they're messy. And so he's very, he's very focused, you know, he, and so he can get anything done, but he doesn't look out here. So he was taking him to the beach alone, and I was like, okay, yeah, it's great. I'm going to stay back here and hang out. And we were at camp, uh, we have an RV, and we were there, and I'll stay back in the RV. And then all of a sudden, fear just swamped me. And it was like, oh, he's on the beach with the alone? They're going to drown. They're going to be falling in a sinkhole. They're going to get kidnapped, you know, the beach. <laughs> and the Lord said, calm down. And let them alone. And I was like, I was scattering myself. I'm leaving. I'm going with him. And then I was like, okay, you can do this. Just calm down and just relax and just relax. So I started praying and I realized it's just fear. And I calm myself down. And my daughter comes back and she's like, mom, I had such a great time at the beach. And I find five, five dollars floating in the ocean. And I was like, who finds money in the ocean? And God's like, I got this. <laughs> and I said, he was showing me that not only did he have them safe in his hand, way better than I ever could, he also gave them money while they were there. <laughs> so so I, that we want to talk about how we lift up our eyes and look to where our help comes from. So pointing our kids to the Lord, I came up with this little acronym, which is HELP. So and it's um, H is to hear, E is to encourage, to love, and to pray. Because we want, to, we want our help from the Lord with our children. So the first way um, that we can help them is to hear. Um, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And, and I was looking, I, the thing I love about doing stuff like this is that a friend of mine said, read the Bible like you have to teach it. 
because you read the Bible differently when you have to teach it. And so I had to do a lot of research, and it was like, oh, I'm learning so much stuff, so I'm learning right along with you. I think it was like God said, you, you probably should teach something. <laughs> in the Jewish tradition, they have, um, oh, the word here is the word Shema. And in, it's a Hebrew word that begins the most important prayer that they do every single day. The Jewish people pray this prayer every single day. It's, this is the beginning of it. It's so influential that, um, and important that Jesus actually used it in Mark 28. Um, when, when he began his prayer, he said, Hear, O Israel, Lord our God is one. He acknowledged that the Lord God is most important and that the complete devotion to him is the most important commandment. And we want to acknowledge that to our kids, too, that it's not just a part-time thing. And I'm not a Christian at Sunday. Oh, when people, my friends are around, you know, I'm a Christian every single day. And they see me in my highs and my lows. And that's, that's something that we do at our dinner table. Every time we sit down, I learned this years ago, we talk about our highs and lows. The dinner table, I heard of, of someone saying, actually, it was on Fox News, and he said, he can't imagine people using their cell phones at the dinner table. He says, even Jesus sat down at the dinner table. And I was like, did you just say Jesus? That was Fox News. And, and he said that Jesus sat down. At the, the, the coming together for a meal was like very, very important. So we do highs and lows. And so we talk about what the high thing we have for the day and a low thing. And then that just opens up conversation. I mean, it's so, it's so easy. It, 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 we, we tend, as, as people, as humans, we have a tendency to make things harder than it has to be sometime. Um, so... Today, as Christians, we want to look at the Shema as a wonderful expression that the Lord is the one true God and acknowledge his lordship over us and remind ourselves um, to hear, to hear the Lord. We, we, we listen to, because we, <laughs> God, always, always up to something. And so uh, my kids actually go to school in La Mirada uh, twice a week, and I drive them. And so when I first, when the Lord first said, that's where they're going. I was like, nope, nah, not driving them to La Mirada. No, that's too far. Traffic in LA is horrible. Obviously, you don't live down here with me. And no. <laughs> and so God's like, okay, because you want to be like that, Jennifer. And every door I had that I was sitting there because my son was in high school and high school, he closed them all. And I was like, guess we're going to La Mirada. <laughs> so, but um, that time has been a blessing. We listen, we talk, we do devotions in the car. I talk, I'll talk later about devotions, but every morning we do devotions in the car. We read a Proverbs in the car. We listen to talk radio. We talk about whatever. I hear everything about their day. It is good to, to learn to hear, hear from God and hear uh, from them uh, too. So John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice and, and they know and they follow me. Most of you know that. Um, and I love the ending. Neither, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. And it's like, yes, no one's going to snatch my kids out of Christ's hand because I want him to hold them in their hand. And we're going to fill our lives up with hearing his word and learning his voice. And that is the most crucial thing that you can do is to teach your kids to hear God's voice for themselves. Not hear you saying God's voice. Hear God's voice. And it is a process of trial and error. I mean, you think about your own walk. I think this is what God wants me to do. Oh, no, that wasn't it. You know, just like I was like, no, God does not want me. And, and with God, it seems like it's always something you don't want to do. And you know that's God. It's like, like I remember the first time I had to do a full fast for three days. And I was like, that is not God. <laughs> I told my husband, I was like, I think God asked me to fast. And, and I knew in my head that it had to be God. But I didn't want to fast for three days. I didn't want to. And I actually drove through In-N-Out. This is not part of my story. I actually drove through In-N-Out. And I was in the drive-thru. And my husband was in the car with me. And he's like, I'm not ordering anything. I'm like, I'm so hungry. He's like, I'm not ordering anything. So I just drove out. <laughs> but after that first time, it was not. That was years ago. It was not. That was not hard. But you, you, I want to teach my kids to hear God's voice like that, to be independent of me. And it's a process of trial and error. Sometimes I think it is. Sometimes I think it isn't. So 
the next step on the, uh, the next letter is encourage. And we want to encourage our kids in, in their walk. Now, as humans, and now that we live in, you know, we got cell phones, we got this. I love, there's a comedian who says, you send them a text, and you're like, they didn't text me back. He's like, you had to go to space and back. Give them a second. But we want everything now, now, yesterday. And so but with Christ, God has a time that's way better than ours. So we have to let things be still in his own timing. So don't expect it right away. Um, take your time. Uh, so one of the things I learned from my daughter's kindergarten teacher was, I don't know if you've heard of the acronym FROG, to teach them to fully rely on God. Because um, there in Psalm 59, 9 through 10, it talks about how he's our strength. At the end, though, when I was reading with my husband, I was like, oh, and look at this part. God will go before me and let me go over those who slander me. Yes! And God's like, um, that's not the focus. <laughs> so, but encourage them to develop their own relationship. I, my, my son was little he little he lost his shoe and i said because i'm a christian we'll pray for it and we'll find it but then my mom mind goes oh i better find that shoe and i'll put it someplace so he can totally find it and he can see that god answered his prayers now i didn't say jennifer answered his prayers i was like so i was in the bathroom getting dressed and i was gonna hurry up and get dressed and run out and find the shoe and then he says to me okay mom i'm gonna pray praise the lord i found it and again god said i got this you know, what is, what is the matter with you that you think that I, the creator of the universe, can't handle this? And so we started early on helping our kids learn that walk with the Lord. And he found the shoe before I could get my clothes on. I was like, oh, okay, God, I see you have a plan that's better than mine. <laughs> so, and she was talking about the vision board. And I love that. I love that when God brings stuff together like that. But, you know, you can put post-it notes. Encourage your children. Put post-it notes around her. I put notes in their lunchbox. It's it, purposeful about parenting. It's hard. You know, I, I don't work full-time now, but I did work full-time. And my kids were little. And I remember going to work and saying to someone, don't talk to me about ty- being tired. How many teeth did you brush? I broke, brushed three sets of teeth before I got here. You know, how many hit me? All this stuff because it was hard. But, but harder is getting to heaven and not seeing my kids there. Harder is watching my kids just say, I don't want to go to church anymore, Mom. You know, I, I have friends whose kids have said, mm, I don't know. So I, when I was teaching, I used to t- say to my parents, because they didn't want to do homework and whatnot, I said, look, you have two choices, hard now or hard forever. That's it. There is no in-between, hard now or hard forever. Yeah. So I chose hard now when they were little, so I didn't have to have hard forever. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, so teach, teach them, say I love you as often as you can, every opportunity. I mean, even when you're young, I just love you. I had to learn. Yeah, God, I had to learn you have to listen back to hear to you with your kids. I used to say, I love you, but I don't like when you're doing this. I didn't know that was an issue. I just said it all the time. And my daughter, because I want an open dialogue, they're allowed to respectfully tell me their concerns. And she said, you know, and I'd be like, Chris, I say, what's the problem? What's going on? You can see it in their face. You can see that they want to say something, but they don't. What's going on? What's going on? Just tell me what's going on. What's going on? And my daughter said, well, I like it when you say I love you, but I don't like when you throw the butt in there. And I was like, I didn't even realize I was doing it. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. So I tell her, I love you. Now it's a joke. I say, I, say, I love you, but mom. And so it's a joke. And so I've been able to get past it. And say I love you in a language that means something to them. You know, whether it's uh, every week I've all heard of the love languages. To talk to them in their language about how they love them. And then that brings us right into the next one, which is love. Um, when Christy said that again, it's like you have got to study the word. You've got to study the word. I am, I am not... A Bible counselor. I don't know. I can't like pop off scriptures and whatnot. You know, like I have my favorites, but I I can tell you a lot of 
Bible? I don't know a lot of addresses. My old pastor just say, you need to learn the addresses. It's like, yeah, I know. Okay, I still don't know where they are. <laughs> so you, but I know I have the word, and unfortunately, you have your smartphone, you can get it, but it's better, you need to fill yourself up with the word. Even if you can't, if the, you struggle with the addresses, just know the word. You can say the Bible says, or the word says, or in Romans it says, and then go find it if you really need to have it. But you have to love the word, and you have to love God, and love his word. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to um, teach your, ch- your children that. It says here in Mark 12, love God, the Lord, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he says, and your neighbor as yourself. That's the next part. It's like, oh, yeah, i got to love my neighbor too. The best way to love your children and to, and to love them well is to be honest. You know, this is, this, is where, this is where we as Christians have a tendency to fall down. There's a book called Why Christians Rebel, and it says the number one reason children walk away from their faith is because they never see a real difference in the lives of their parents. And so that's why I let my kids see me rise and fall. They need to see that I'm walking and that it's not, I'm not perfect. We did a series when they were really young called Growing Kids God's Way. It's not as popular as it used to be where we push them to Christ. Don't look at me. Don't look at how mom's, mom says, mom says, it's the word says, it's the word says, it's what God says. This is what you need to do because it's what God says. Because I am going to fail. They're going to, they're going to see me fail. And when they see me fail, they're going to justify their own failure. But as long as I'm pushing them towards Christ, they're like, yeah, my mom's not perfect um, either. Uh, point out the answers. When you pray about something and, they, and it happens, point it out. When it doesn't happen, just say, you know what? My son's first grade teacher, teacher she has five kids as well. She should say, change your plans. That's, that was her favorite thing. I remember we were going on a field trip to the zoo and it was pouring down rain. And so we had to cancel it. And she was just like, she was really calm like that too. Change, Mrs. Fawcett. I don't oh, know if she would change the plans. And then she would just change the plans all calmly. I was, I was like, huh. And, I, and when I was a teacher and it rained, I was like, oh gosh, what am I supposed to do with the kids? I don't have a plan. So <laughs> show them many ways that God provides for us and make sure they know where credit is due. And we live our faith out loud. You know, we live our faith out loud. There's a, a guy I heard a story and he says he wants to let the kids, his children, get so many experiences of, with God and with their family and, and the love that he has that when they turn around to walk away from Christ, they have to jump over all these memories that were made before they can get out that door to leave. And that's what that's what you want to um, create. What the stories I'm sharing with you and the stories we talk about as kids is how we are. We 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 try, we strive to walk the walk we talk. We don't just talk it at home. They, you know, they see me come home and say, oh, I'm so upset about this. And I'm going to have to pray about that. Like, I hate traffic. I dislike traffic. And so I was like, oh, we have to get to 5 o'clock. And I was like, and I don't want to drive. I don't want to drive. And then, then I follow that right up. But, Lord, thank you that I have a car and that it runs and that it doesn't have to work. Because they have to see that I'm not happy about driving, but I'm grateful that the Lord provided. That we can go to a good school, Father, that I'm home with them. It's a constant pushing, like, um, like Paul said, you know, just beating your flesh into submission, just making it obey. And they, and they see me. And so, they, so, the, so when they feel horrible, they're they like, okay, well, it's normal to feel horrible. Now I'm going to put that on the altar and let God help me feel better. Um, but sometimes you can't be fully honest with them, especially when your kids are little. Like, you know, what, what was all that noise in you and dad? It sounded like you were throwing something. Oh, nothing. We were cleaning the room. We weren't fighting. That was just cleaning the room. And so there are some times that you can't be fully honest with them about stuff. I heard someone say, that her six-year-old daughter asked her about where babies come from. And she had to really hurry up and tell her that. I was like, no, it's six. She does not need to know that. And But she thought it was, her daughter's grown now but she, and has had a rough life. And But she thought it was okay. And I don't know if you're familiar with Corey Timboon's story about the luggage story. 
This is an awesome, I just love this example about how her father said, um, she asked him about a poem she'd read about sexism, and her father said, did the whole thing about when do I give you your suitcase, you need to carry this, it's too heavy for you to carry. And, and, and she, she said that, um, she says, I was satisfied, more than satisfied, wonderfully, wonderfully at peace. There are answers to this and all my question, hard questions, and for now I was content to leave them in my father's keeping. Someone shared that with me when my kids were little. And so when they would ask questions that I didn't think they, did, they didn't need to know because they didn't need to know, you know, just like God. He doesn't tell me that my mother is going to die and whatever. He doesn't tell me that I'm going to have a car accident because it's too heavy. I used to say I wanted God to open up his plan book and show me everything. But I, I don't. It's too heavy for me to carry. To know exactly that on December 27th this is going to happen it's too heavy. So that's the same thing that we want to do with our, with our children. We don't want them to let them carry things before they should. And uh, my niece, uh, my, one of my the niece on my side um, recently was sharing with me, and she's grown and married, and we're walking through that first year of marriage with her. Whew, I forgot how hard it was. <laughs> it was like, and she said, I remember Auntie Jen once talking to, uh, to your, Bethany, is my daughter, about something. And she told her to listen to this. My daughter likes to do ASL. And she told her to listen to this um, person on, on, uh, on YouTube. And my daughter says, oh, I, I can't listen to that person. My mom says no. And, and, and she, because we had always told her, we're, we're carrying the heavy things. We're protecting you. So if I tell you no, it's not because I'm evil and mean. Just like God, I, like Christy said. He's not upstairs saying, I'm bored. Let's make Christy's life miserable today. He's not. And so the same thing with us. I'm not telling you no because I don't love you and because I hate you. It's because I'm trying to protect you. And so it's, it's the same thing. We hold on to things to, to keep. We want to be honest with them, but we also hold on to things to, to protect them. I love how Thomas Jefferson in this quote says, honesty is the first book, the first chapter in the book of wisdom. So being brutally honest with your children, not, not mean, but just like I, I messed up. I, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Ginger Plowman is a parenting series where she teaches you to teach your kids to obey right away, all the way, and with a happy heart. I love that. But she says, I had to go home and apologize to my kids for allowing the sin of disobedience to take root in their heart. I didn't realize I was. And when I watched that series, and so I went home, and we, my husband and I discussed it, and we apologized to our children for allowing the sin of disobedience, because we were. They just, you know, that, yeah, anyway. Um, and then there's a few scriptures that better is a poor man who walks in, in his integrity than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. And if you live any amount of time, you've seen that. You, you've seen the consequences of sin and what it does. Um, so my, one of my daughter's favorite is whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. If anything is excellent, think on these things. And so that's why first I'm like, oh, the traffic. Oh, but I don't have to catch the bus and I don't have to do this and I don't and I blah, blah, blah. So think on those things. And and, and, in, and in helping your kids, you want to make sure you guys have already done that part, but that you're in a local church and that you, you read the Bible. Billy Graham, I just learned this, but Billy Graham had a plan where he would read five psalms a day and one proverb a day. We always read one proverb a day, but I never heard about the five psalms a day. And, and I love God in his mathematical brain because math is not my thing. But how he breaks everything up, proverbs fits in a month and psalms, the five psalms fit. So, you know, it's 31 proverbs, it's perfect. And then you just skip that to the next one and come out do the prayer thing oh my phone says time is up so let me finish up do the prayer the vision wall and your in your prayer thing create a, a, a and i, I want to encourage you to not get discouraged if it doesn't because I, I i i feel like i'm i don't know if you've ever started a lawnmower but i feel oftentimes that I'm, we're like a lawnmower when you pull a lawnmower it goes, brr, 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 and you pull it pull it pull it pull it 
example, and then it finally starts running. And that's that's kind of like our, our my my teaching with my children because they are living beings. So what I did when they were five doesn't necessarily work when they're ten. What I did when they're ten doesn't work when they're fifteen. So we're constantly pulling that lawnmower trying to trying to get it started. And so then the the next one is oh, and in Proverbs, a manual for living. I heard a pastor say, "Everything you need is in the Bible. Everything, and it's true." You, you can find an answer to everything. It may not say that, like, this is how you should feel about blah, blah. But there is the, the whole word might not be in there, but, it's, but what you need is in there. Um, one thing that we did to show love is we do breakfast in the Bible. And, and uh, because it's important to have a rhythm, like when she was sharing what she was going to do, I was like, yes, we have a tendency as Californians, we're just like way busy. You know, everywhere it takes a half an hour to get everywhere. So you always got to plan way out. So I couldn't always work it out. So we had breakfast in the Bible. We'd sit down and we'd do our devotions and we'd eat breakfast because because we homeschooled, we were always home for breakfast. So we do the highs and lows with dinner, or we do devotions in the car. Now a lot of stuff is done in the car because, like I said, I'm a cab driver. And so that's okay. Just figure out a time that you can find. I, I tell my children, I said, look. All the time we go out, you eat. But sometimes you can't eat, so you just grab a snack really quick. That doesn't mean that you're not going to eat later. It just means that right now all I can grab is a snack. We eat, we feed on the word of God. Sometimes all you can grab is a snack. If you can just grab a snack, it's better than letting them starve. So grab that snack of, you know, a few minutes of Proverbs, a little bit of this, and so it's constant, constant that you're on it. It's all the time. Um, yeah, the, the one, let's see, rhythm of prayer, read a proverb of day, Bible and breakfast. Oh, I love this cartoon. Then the, the last one is pray. Um, Oops, I, I think I skipped the, didn't, I forgot the cartoon. But there's a cartoon where the, um, the pastor is praying and it's just toast. And the lady says, well, um, you asked for your daily bread. And so that's, that's what you want to do is just have our daily bread. He just ordered it. And one thing we do with our kids is um, to help them pray out in public is we had learned from someone to, um, to put, uh, to ask the waitress if they, or what server, is there anything they need to, be, to pray for? To pray for, And that was like so cool that we were able to do that, to just say, is there anything you need prayer for? And it's so simple. And I, because I'm a coward sometimes with that, I would tell my kids, ask the waitress. And, you know, they don't, when I would, when I would ask, they'd be like, no. But when the child would ask, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Can you pray for my grandma? And so, and then you, you teach them the, pray, the, the object of, of the practice of praying for others and praying for strangers and loving your neighbors the way the word said. Let's see if I put, oh, that's the end. Anyway, the last thing I want to uh, share with you um, was, let me go back here, was James 5.16, which I love. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful Mm -hmm. to be reckoned with. And I had a, a picture of my daughter, but I don't, I must have, I was rechanging to my husband. I said, if I could just make a decision, then it would go a lot faster because I'm constantly changing my mind. So, but um, I'm going to end with this story of my daughter who, um, uh, I just, just teaching your kids to walk with the Lord and become independent is, is such a gift when it comes back. And like Christy said, God is faithful. Last summer, she went to um, youth camp. And, and my daughter is, reads, you know, John Green and The Fault in Our Stars. And she's like, all these people who love me. It's like, perfect. You, I don't know. I was like that as a teen, too. It's like, oh, the love stories, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, now as a grown-up, you're like, okay. And so, and so, you know, she has these highs where she was, like, writing all over her wall. She's all de- or her mirror, she's all depressed. But she goes to youth camp. And she comes back. And, she's, and so I encourage you to send your children to those things where other people can impart the word. Yeah. She says, Mom, I would read all these. It just... I would read all these stories all the time about people who love you and they love you. And she says, and I went to you and they would die for their girlfriends and they love them. And she says, and I went to youth camp and I realized that there is someone who already died for me because he loved me so much. Mm-hmm. 
and, and I just was like, even now, that was like June. It's just the thought that she had grabbed hold of that. And I ran up to the youth pastor, and I, I just told him. And he was like, yes. She said, Jesus loved me enough to die for me. And so all of that stuff that she thought was so important in the books and whatnot, she understands it's Christ. So, <laughs> so you know, one thing, I was going to give you little two little tools that we do in the car. One thing is we say, what's your goal for the day? So just, what's your goal? Um, and my kids will come up with different things, but it doesn't matter. It just helps them be goal-oriented and, and, and more have a plan than kind of winging it, whatever happens in the day. Um, and the other thing is, is that, and I don't know if it's going to be in a bigger home, but we don't just create crisis. We create crisis. Like, oh my goodness, my baseball shirt's gone. And I, you know, I got seven calls last night in the matter, and I'm like, we won't, we won't create a crisis. When the crisis shall come, we'll all know it's a crisis. We're not going to create any, you know? And it's been really good, like, oh yeah, I'm creating a crisis, or... She's hot in my seat. No, no, no. This is not a crisis. When God brings a crisis, the ground shakes, the water comes over, whatever, we'll all know it's a crisis. So anyway, I just thought I would give you those two. The, what I was thinking about when Jennifer was just, it was so powerful at everything you've seen. So such truth is to, to just remember to be fair. Be focused, be authentic, be intentional, and be reliant. And especially when you when you need when those the anger the frustration the whatever the sadness the fear whatever comes up just stop and be fair be focused what is it we're not creating a crisis we have a training opportunity and every opportunity that we see in flaws in their character is an opportunity for us to grow in character and for them to grow in character so um, wow. So now I want to open it up to questions. So I have a 9 and a 10-year-old, and nowadays it just seems that the topic of sexual activity is out there very early. And so I vouched to say, to, to explain to them the, the gift of sex, that it comes from God, and not, and not make it terrible, like the same way that we talked about, like the experience of a kid flipping a, another kid off. I said, you know... If God didn't want that to happen, he wouldn't have created a middle finger. Like, that's not a bad finger. You know, the world has created that. And I think it's just hard, you know, as a, as a single parent, like, trying to teach two boys how to take purity and how to understand it and not, not to see it so corrupt like the world has made it, but to say in the confines of, you know. So just trying to teach them that constantly, that, like, to not just... Like put it. I mean, obviously, you're not gonna tell them like detail, but like you know, to every you know, to their own age. Like, I just want to know what you guys have to say about teaching your kids about sexual purity and like just stuff that comes up, like conversations that will come up. It's like, oh my god, how do I say this? I think I remember talking to Dylan and Stacy one time about something that went. I don't even remember what it was, but I was telling them like, yeah, like this is what I'm dealing with, and it was like at least a year ago. Are you familiar with the series Passport to Purity by Family Life Today? Uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with it, but I've heard about it. If you have, no. if your child is, if your kids go to traditional school, mm-hmm. if your child is over eight, sadly, 
and your kids are in the regular traditional school, you, I encourage you to take them away for the weekend and do passport report to period. We did it with both our children and our son twice. And when they don't go to traditional school, but they do go to church, and kids from traditional school come to church. And he heard the first, he, we didn't even know that he had heard about sex and the sex. And, and then the person who had said it to him was, oh, you're too, you don't understand, because he knew that we weren't in traditional school. And so then my son went home to Google what was sex. And then that started a whole right. yeah, path. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, so I'm Christian schools too. Yeah, yeah. My son's friend got expelled for having porn on his phone. Yeah, no, my Christian school, I mean Monday to Friday. Oh, oh, yeah. As opposed to homeschool. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, we're all sinners, okay? So just because I'm in a Christian school doesn't mean I don't sin, and just right. because I'm homeschool doesn't mean I don't sin either, you know, but, but in traditional school, they get exposed to more families mm-hmm. than in homeschool, and typically homeschool. <laughs> I'm a homeschooler, so I feel like I could take, talk about them, but I found this dress that was all flowered with a big lace collar. I was like, look, Bethany, I should be wearing this, because that's what you think of homeschoolers. They're just like, you know, prairie days. And so, because um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them are. But, you know, but they, their goal is to protect the child's moral innocence, and that's, that's what's not being protected in the world today. Mm-hmm. And so uh, find a way to get that program and introduce your child to that. And I, we do introduce our, because it teaches it. I mean, there are things I learned, like one of the things is they had, a, you blow up a balloon, you fill up a balloon with water, and you say, this is your purity, and this is what you have to give to your, your bride or groom on your wedding night. And then you take a pen and you poke it, so that's your first boyfriend, that's this, and that's that, and then the water leaps out, and you have this deflated balloon, and so this is what you have now to give to your child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the visual yeah. reminders, I, I can't I do it, yeah, I can't do it the that's way they It's really... And they have an old version and a new version. They just updated it when they talk about homosexuality. It's mm-hmm. really good. I mean, I just yeah. finished reading a book. Uh, almost, I'm almost at the end, but it's called Five Conversations to Have with Your Son. Oh, <laughs> I'm that's like, right. Ah. Yeah, fine, but it's so good. Yeah, it's, it's, I was just. I, I mean, I. The, I cried. I was like, I don't know if I could do this. Oh, yeah. But just, it's to. just, it's it's so overwhelming. Yeah. And just little boys in their brains. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Now my mother raised four kids by herself. So two yeah. boys and two girls. Yeah. It is possible. It's not easy. Yeah. Know? But, it, and, and God, just, I mean, just, just pray and trust God. You know, yeah. there's nothing like, like James Dawson said, having children make you fall on your knees. Yeah. And you know, um, I we, we kind of have a thing where going to a different school at our other school was so small, no one it was like brothers and sisters. No one ever even talked about dating. <laughs> but now that we're in there, we have you know so and so likes so and so, and so he, I mean, here's a couple of things that I tell my kids. I'm like, sure, you can have a girlfriend. Let's go figure out your farm too, and let's get you an apartment. Let's just do it all right now. And they're like, whoa. And I'm like, exactly. Like you. You're not ready for this. You're not ready to carry this. And the more conversations that you have about sex in your home, the less that it seems so intriguing because this is something I talk about with my mom. And sex is hard because it's the only sin that is commanded when you're married and forbidden when you're not married. (laughs) And so so be able to talk about that and say why and, and why... And to be able to have those hard conversations, and they're going to be like blushing. And, yeah. you know, I, I remember we did the passport to purity with Kennedy, and there's a mom and a daughter sitting there and, and has balloons above their head. And Kennedy said, yuck. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Praise God, she can express herself. I mean, that's how she expressed herself. And, um, you know, but to be able to, to do, I mean, we laugh and like, well, mom, can, can we have a, I, I tell my kids, you know what? You're not, you're not prepared to have a boyfriend. 
or a girlfriend. Because what happens is when someone give, when you give somebody your heart, you will give them your body. That's just the next thing, especially for girls. And to be able to say, I want to protect my boys. There's a lot of pressure on boys to have a girlfriend. And these girls are going um, 10 miles an hour, and the boys are 2 miles an hour, but feel like they should be 10 miles an hour. So is the, the pressure's there, and so it has to come. I mean, just from us, we have to be able to talk about it. And it's weird and sucky, and it's, but it's like, this is it. And, you know, I taught, I've taught my kids from, I mean, from Halloween has been very helpful to teach my kids, turn your eyes. You you have to be careful what you see. And yes, there's so much porn everywhere and yucky, demonic stuff. And so you have to train your eyes because you can't unsee something. And so just to keep having those conversations, you are a powerhouse of mom. You can do it. You, you got this with God. God will make up where there's a lack. Yeah, and in, in passport, I mean, in uh, passport purity, they tell you, they explain that 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 person that you're all dating could be someone else's wife. Yeah. And you don't want that. And now, now my son is 18. He's never had a girlfriend. I have some Christian friends who said that when she, she has three sons and she was the only one friend and she said that her in-laws were calling her sons gay because they chose to wait for their wives and they were in high school and didn't have girlfriends. I know. And she said, I had, I, and she said I'm trying to teach them to wait. Now my son is 18. He's never had a girl or be 18 next week. He, and, and he, but you trust the Lord because literally one morning at one o'clock in the morning, I just woke up and I was like, Oh, what the? You know, I don't want to be up at 1 o'clock. I want to sleep. And then I go out in the hallway and I see my, the lights on in the mouth and my son's in there. And I was like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, nothing. He just walks to the room. I was like, ah, but, and I said, what's going on? So he's like, you know, I just feel like I'm supposed to have a girlfriend. This is crazy. Blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, do you see how much God loves you? You see what he did? He woke me up because you're striving and you're stressed out in the bathroom. And we talked about, do you, you know, do you have a girlfriend? Do you have a job? Blah, 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 blah. And, and he had done passport security once. And then he said, maybe I should do it again. He, he said that. Mm-hmm. And then him and his dad went away again. And they did it again. And you have friends who are single. You know, you can do it with their mom. So you can do it if you have a man that you trust and you can to do it with that. But God has already prepared all that he, you know, I, None of this world that we live in, even though it's hard for me and what's going on, it didn't catch him by surprise. You know, he knew. He, he has a plan for your, your sons with you, and we just, just trust him. And there's also, like, the, the area of, like, you can think somebody's attractive. I think my kids are like, is it okay for us to have a bay? I'm like, well, just, what does that mean? A what? A bay. A bay. Like a bay. Like a bay. You know, like a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. That's a teen word. Yeah, it's a teen word. And I'm like, well, so what does a bay do? Yeah, because if a bay means somebody you're going to be talking on the phone with all the time and texting and going out places with, no, you can't have a bay. But can you think somebody is the most attractive person in the room? Absolutely, because that's human. But to be able to acknowledge and go, you know what, you're not ready. Like yeah. that's why I was like, let's go pick out your car. You're gonna have in ten years. Like no, we're not doing that. You're not ready. When that part of your life comes, you'll be prepared. Right now, you can't get in the car. <laughs> so let's make that a goal. Let's go back to the goal sheet. Bay, <laughs> get a bay. I know. I know. I was so impressed with myself that I could flow. With hey, that the was car. good. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what? You worked that one. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, the pressures they could have today are so It's tough. Too. But you know what? They were born for such a time as this. Yes, that's my favorite. Yeah, I love that. And God knew. When he gave your children here, you know, I wasn't born in the 1400s for a reason. I was born now because I don't want to have an outdoor toilet. And so, God had your kids born now. And of course it. I know. All right. What other questions? That's a good question.
question, Mossy. That's a whole that's conference right. in and of itself. That's a whole other conference. Yeah. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, Chrissy, you did it. They have no questions. No. That's our first one. She said, we'll leave some time for questions at the end. I said, oh, we're gonna, I, I, I love this to, to, to say this. We're going to be so awesome to have any questions. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the beginning, uh, you mentioned um, uh, order, and I was wondering, what is the difference? I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't read. It's all right. Uh, what is the oh difference God. between um, the order in our house and the order in God's house? I should have written more notes. Because <laughs> I've already forgotten what that meant. What that meant? What, yeah. what, 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 what I, I can't even read my writing sometimes. So you're yeah. in good company. Mm-hmm. And what? what? Did you I, you I can't even read my own writing okay. sometimes, so you're in good company. All right, so do you want to try to order in God's house and order... Uh, well, it's something you were talking about. Yeah, Christy. It's Me? much better. Yeah. I can tell you that. Okay. The I mean, it's much better than mine. The one thing we try to do is we don't tell our kids personally, like your pastor's kids, you do this. We just say cashmans. It's cashmans we do this. It's cashmans we have manners. It's cashmans we look at people in the eyes. I mean, those are the things. Is it a sin not to? No, but it's not preferring others. And we were taught at a very, at, at the school that we came from, that shyness is actually selfishness. I mean, you know, you don't have to strike up a 10-minute conversation, but to be to consider the other person better, to be able to say to look at somebody in the eye and say hello. It's harder for some kids than others, but you know, I mean, as outgoing as Macy is, sometimes she'll like and I'm like, "No, no, no. Don't do that. Stop and look at their eyes when you talk to them." And really, it's not she's not shy. We all know she's not shy. It's not her issue. But it, it's a, I want to do what I feel like doing. Mm-hmm. And it's a, just a subtle thing to go, no, we stop and we look That's at people right. in the eye. And we talk. And you know, even Micah. I mean, Micah, Micah is the shyest of the cash mans. <laughs> but still, to teach him, no, Micah, you must look at people in the eye. They're talking to you. And he gets a lot of attention from adults. And he, it's, I think it's sometimes overwhelming for him, but it's good for him because... Obviously, this is something God wants him to grow through. So, um, that so the difference of that's uh, those are our family. That's what distinguishes us as our family. In the house of God, the mandates of God, the word of God is is clear. It's it's in the word. So I don't know if that answered your question. Or I think we... I think that what I was thinking was um, you were talking about. Um, Uh, maybe the rules of your house, keeping your house in in order. You know, I should have written more notes. That's right. When you think okay. of it, you can call me okay. anytime. Okay. Uh, lots of times I find that when you're talking about shyness, the, the thing that they wrestle with is the thing that God wants to make them great in. Mm-hmm. So when they struggle with being shy, it's because God wants them to be a speaker or something. My mother was a nurse her whole life, and, and she now she's retired, and she was saying that, and she was a med nurse, where she had to pour liquids all the time. And she said, she, her brother said to her, you need to learn to pour stuff about splashing it all over the place when she was a kid. He said, but you don't know what God has for you. She didn't know. And I, when I was a kid, I remember my mother making me sit at the dining room table and print because my writing was atrocious. And I, everybody was outside playing, and I was so mad that I had to say, I was a first grade teacher for years. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the things that you struggle with is because the devil 
you know, he has a plan for you too. It's not better than God's. And, and we, our job is to interrupt that plan. You know, my mother interrupted that plan and being having the worst. I remember kindergarten teacher coloring rates and getting sent and just turning in the teacher calling back in from recess. And make, I still remember that and made me color them again. I was a first grade teacher. All those things that I wrestled with was because of the call that God had, had mm-hmm. in my life I, that I didn't know at the time. That's so. good. You said you had two questions? <laughs> um, yeah, I have three questions written down. Um, my other next question is um, uh, when when you apologize to your children um, for something that's happened, uh, do you do it right away, or do you take them in, t- take them uh, take a moment and get with them one on one? It's kind of more specific. I, I personally, you want to go first? Oh, it just depends on the, 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 the situation. If it's really bad, like I've lost it really bad, then I say, and like if I've lost it in front of everybody, then I apologize yeah. for everybody. Public sin, public apology. Right. So, but if I've lost it privately, then I'll say, you know, I'll come back and say, you know what, uh, earlier today when I came in your room and I was screaming about how messy it always is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say I'm sorry that I lost my temper like that. I should have done that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on that. You know, and then the thing about it is as soon as you do that, the next time you go to lose your temper, God's like, uh, excuse me, I thought we were working on that. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to work on it right now. I want to be mad because the room is a disaster. But, so, I mean, but, but, it's, but it's, it's okay like if you get angry to take a moment and step away sure. and then come back. Yeah, it just it's you. Yeah. So if you think that you can't say it right now, you're always going to be like, I'm sorry. Yes. Because you're still mad. Then yeah, yeah Ginger Plumman, she has the whole... Um, I forgot the duty, the little calendar where you go in and you pray. This guy, I was going to bring one and I forgot it. And it has wise like, oh, words for mom. Yeah, wise words for so mom. Has all these things. I, I used to do that all the time before I disciplined my kids because yeah. you did what? <laughs> I go, go in your room and I go in my room and I pray and I, and I come back. And then, then someone said to me, well, I can't really spank him anymore if I'm not mad. And I was like, well, you shouldn't be spanking yeah. because you discipline is not for you. It's for them. And so, and my kids would actually would come and hug me afterwards. And I, I would share with Dylan that my daughter actually said to my mom, the queen spanker, said, um, oh, grandma, this grandma now, you should spank them. And my son, my daughter at three said, oh, Nana, mom spanks us because she loves us. Yes! <laughs> right. That's right. You know what? And with my kids, I'll be, I bring them in the room and say, what did you do wrong? Why is that wrong? And what do you get, what should you have done instead? And then if they can answer those questions and kind of unwind and go, you know what, I was just wrong. I'm, I'm sorry. Then I go, okay. But if they can't, then I know that we've got a problem underneath. Yeah. It's not even really, this is just a, a symptom of. But, um, yeah. I mean, and to answer your question, it's just public. If, if I stand in front of everybody, I need to apologize in front of everybody. Yeah. Can you and sometimes what did you do wrong? Uh-huh. Why is it wrong? And what should you have done differently? And sometimes what I have to they, apologize again. Because my apology was just at worst. It was, you know, I just said it because everybody was looking at me and I said, okay, fine, I'm sorry. You know, yeah. because it's like, I know I'm supposed to say I'm sorry, so I'm sorry, all right? Leave me alone. And then, and then God's like, no, I'm not leaving you alone. You know, because he wants to grow me too, still. Well, what if they're not capable of understanding those questions? Well, like, for instance, I have an almost three-year-old. Right, right. Those are a little bit... Yeah, well, I, I would do, did mommy say no? Yeah. Okay, and did you obey? No. Yeah. Okay, so what should you do? Yeah. 
Obey. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You'll get that. All right. You'll get it. And I do. Yeah. Basically that. Smarter yeah. Than yeah. 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 But yeah, you need to obey mommy. God, you're you're protected when you obey mommy. You know? When I was in school, they said that as soon as a child, as soon as your child can play hide and seek with you, they understand deception mm-hmm. because they can hide from you. So uh-huh. you can, yeah. So as soon as they can play that, they understand that. Okay. That's good. And don't underestimate just like words. I mean, you know, I mean just. You've been saying it like that, but, you know, obviously, he'll learn, he'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> We're still working on it. You know, and it's like, I don't know if you've ever been to the sequoias or if you've ever seen the seed of a sequoia tree. You've seen a sequoia tree. They are huge. Mm, I mean, huge. But their seed is about that big. And so you're planting seeds right now that are that big. They don't look like anything in your child's heart, but they will grow. And you want them to grow into something beautiful, not a giant, ugly sequoia, you know, because they will grow the size of a sequoia, but what, you, what you're actually growing. Yeah, they will. I You know, he, he does not look at all your work. You know, my kids aren't perfect. I, I, my, my, recently, my daughter, a few years ago, she was over the age of spanking, and she got a spanking because she was doing something, and... And I said, you just don't think I will spank you, do you? And she said, not really. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then she was like, oh. And her brother was like, because <laughs> he really is always protecting her. Well, she had to spank her. And I think she was like 10. And usually, you know, by that time, you shouldn't be spanking anymore. They should have gotten it. But if they, the Lord spanks me, I'm driving down the freeway, you know, a bunch of them. And it's like, whoo. You know better than that. Mm-hmm. You know, so like Christy said, those consequences have to come. And so, so, you know, now that they're older, there are different consequences. Like, they love their, their phones. That is, I love smartphones. Oh, give me your phone. Should have done what you're supposed to. Didn't practice piano? I'll be keeping that to you practice piano. They're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, I have a kind of, like, so, with, like, with my children, so she understands, like, to apologize now between her and I. Like, we go through something, and she's angry. Like, she... With her, I have, to, I have to give her her space to kind of like get over being angry because she gets angry really, really quickly. So I, she has to get over being angry, and then like she, she'll realize what she did, and then she'll apologize. Um, but like in a situation where she's like with other kids, sometimes and like let's say she says something that might be rude, that she, sometimes it's like either I don't know if she realizes it or if she doesn't, but she'll say something that's rude, and I'll tell her like that was nice, you need to apologize, and she'll just kind of like. Like she'll turn around, and I'm like, how do I handle something like that? Like, well, I mean, to me, like you give them the chance to do it, make it right, and if they don't, I mean, for what I I believe that spanking is biblical, and it is a way to free their heart mm-hmm. to say, you know what, you're not able to turn, and so, you know, and then go to a quiet place or say, you know, she's old enough to understand, mm-hmm. like, no, this isn't okay, mm-hmm. and you know, to say. You're not listening to mommy, and it says the Bible says that you're a fool if you harden your heart. And I want you to be able to receive this. So now I'm going to give you a spanking, and it's going to be it's 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 limited. I limited to their age because I feel like, gosh, if they're not getting it when they're eight, you're going to get ten spanks, and it's really going to get it, you know. <laughs> but I like, okay, you're going to get five spanks. Mommy loves you. I'm going to give you a hug, and my heart is for your heart to change. And you are being stubborn right now. You know, I mean, and, and just walk them through it and you spend, and then you hug them and you go, you know what? And I always tell my kids every single time, I pray, pray this is the last, worst, last spank you ever get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what? I am so for you, but I, but I will fight you for you. I will fight for you and I will fight you for you. So, yeah. 
I mean, and she may not understand that part. That's for a little bit. And you know, and, and, and one family. thing that I've, I've seen, like, in parenting, uh, just dad. with, like, siblings and stuff, where you're trying to implement this now, like, a little bit later, like, you know, like, like say that you're going to get the, oh, my God, you know, the scream, yeah. like, the wailing, like, how can you do this to me? You never did this to me before. Now you're changing it. Because I even went through that, but I know my, one of my sisters went through that. And that's the hardest part. I think that's the hardest part to change because then you feel guilty. You feel the worst mom. And you, I hate you. I mean, like I've had my nephews yeah, tell I my sister, I hate you. I hate you. And I said, Gabby, you need to say, well, I love, you know, I love you. Yeah. And this is, this is going to stop because I love you enough. I mean, and that's probably the hardest part, but it shouldn't be a reason for you to stop continuing to push forward in helping her because we really do our kids a disservice to not I remember yeah. getting to a point where we, I mean Gerard probably got the most spankings but like it just got to a point he would cry he would wail and stuff and I'm like I hated doing it but I just do it and then I would I would hug him and I would pray for him after and just you could just feel it all come off of him and he would just hug me and it was just gone and he did his attitude changed. Like it, I was like, "Wow, this really <laughs> does work. work!" Oh my gosh, you know. Really you know. But you have to push. You have yeah. to push yeah. past that that initial resilient of like, "Okay, I'm gonna try to change things." The dynamics that just can't be like this anymore. Because that's going to be the hardest. Well, you fasting your sins and say, you know what, mommy was yeah. always in my own eyes. I thought I could talk. I thought, I, you know, I told my kids, I don't need any more friends. I'm not trying to be your friend. I will be friends later, yes. but right. I don't need. I've got some great, solid friends, and we like the same stuff, and we can't see together. You know, like all these sort of things. Like you can't relate to. Yeah, you're right. They don't need a friend. They need a parent. Yeah. And a lot of those issues of that anger and whatnot, it's a heart issue. And, and you want to you want to grab their hearts because they're, you just don't want sin to take root in their heart. It's a heart issue. If your child is telling you, you know, I did it because I wanted to and I don't like that, that's a heart issue. Yeah. And, and that hard heart will hurt them in the long time, yeah. in, the long, in the long run. So hard now, so it's not hard forever. Mm-hmm. It does hurt. I mean, my, my parents used to say, it hurts me more to spank. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I always thought, no, it doesn't. It hurts me more. And it does hurt more. But I love them enough to correct them because I don't ever want to visit my children behind a plexiglass mm-hmm. or stand over their casket because they decide to do something stupid mm-hmm. I, and think, if only I. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it hurts now, but it won't hurt forever. And being able to not allow the drama. Of it all. You know what I mean? Like, you know what? We're not going to do the drama. Do you need a minute? Like, yeah. just go take yeah. a minute. But, like, this is drama, and this isn't okay. Like, I'm not going to go, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. And you just say, okay. <laughs> and you're not either. You know? Jenny, Robin talks about that. So yeah, standing in line, and she says, I'm tired too, but you don't see me screaming and yelling. Yeah. <laughs> Pull it together. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. I love that. I just have a question on that. Um, how long, like, what age would you say it's okay to start spending? Like, can I start to <laughs> I know you may not, but I'll call your mom. Like, I still think you're like, you know, like little, little kids mm-hmm. of like, okay, time out, you know, that kind of thing. But I've also seen time out, like, stretched out to like eight and stuff like that. But obviously, you know, when they're really, really small, like, you know, up to a year or so, none of that's going to filter in. No. So, what age would you say it's appropriate to start? 
I think when you realize that they understand, and I think every age is different, quite frankly. Uh, I mean, every child is different. I mean, no, having girls and boys, I've been able to see the girls get it a lot. But when they, when you say no, and they put their hand out and look at you, it's time. Yeah. You know, you see like the willfulness. Like, you yeah, believe it. Like, yeah. how did they know? Like, I remember one time telling Josh, "You don't." Pick up your Hot Wheels. Mommy's going to put them in a bag, and they're going to go in the trash. And he's like, I do it. And he put them all in the trash. Oh. And I was like, wow. I got me. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, kid. And I threw them out. I threw them out because I, didn't, I was like, you're not going to win. I'm going to throw them right. out. That's right. You can't. And that's the thing. Tyler's but but that willfulness. Thing. He was like, two. And I'm like, yes. wow. What Tyler has done the same thing. Strong will, yeah. right? Your kids are like a combination lock. I, when I was teaching, and I had a foster parent, and we could Yeah, be careful. And so we have to figure out other ways. And your kids are like, I always used to think kids are like a padlock, but they're really like a combination lock. And you have to figure out what combination opens their <laughs> consequence. And for my foster daughter, it was food. She absolutely loved food. Now, of course, I didn't know that when I got her. And so when I figured that out, and so she, her consequence was, we're not going out to eat, or you're not going to have dessert, or you're not going to have a cookie. And that changed her. Now, fortunately, as parents, I was able to do it much faster. It took longer because I had to, you know, you, she didn't eat all day long, and you could just drive it out right away with the spanking. But you figure out what it is. If this throwing his toys away doesn't work, there is something. Right. And the Lord will show it to you. Mm-hmm. You know, he will show it to you. Mm-hmm. I've right. done things where I had no clue. I was like, where did that come from? Thanks, God. But you'll see a And it usually starts with just no. And and the worst thing that we can do for our children is say, I'm going to do this and not do it. If you do that again, (laughs) do that again. And like, you know what? I need to go have a spanking. (laughs) Following through with your. Yeah, to follow through. And not like one, two, three. No. No. I ask you to do it. You didn't do it. You know? And like Jennifer said, you said it best. Like, we don't want to look at our kids on this other side of a plexiglass. We don't want to look at our kids dead and go. I should, you know, it was, um, I was watching something on 2020 where a a guy had killed, they had just, like, just cold blood murder, whatever, cold blood murder, whatever, cold blooded murder, yeah, they just, this guy and this girl, they were married, and they just said they wanted to know what it's like to shoot somebody, and so they shot somebody, and the mother sat there in the courtroom, and she was crying and crying, she said, please let me take his punishment, please let me take his punishment. The murderer? The murderer. The murderer's yeah. mother. The mother. The murderer's mother wanted to take his punishment. And I thought, she has never said no to that child. Wow. She had she yeah. and, and was another court case where a child, that was the um, attorney's, his, his vindication is, was like, this is the parent's fault because they never, they always gave the child what they wanted. That's why it's it was Stone street that racing somewhere. The, they killed somebody yeah. or something. The, the, the kid that went to Mexico. Yeah. 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 So it, it's yeah. yeah. I mean, crazy. it is it's crazy. That's what the natural consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. I don't want to dwell on discipline, but um, do you recommend? Um, a plan of discipline, like steps, like the first time it's this, the next time it's this. Oh, you mean like or there is no discipline? What's that? Like graduated discipline? I can't think of anything particular. 
Um, I feel like I say no all the time. That's all I ever say is no, no, no. That's all any of us ever say. <laughs> but then it, it becomes a no and a spanking, or no and the naughty corner, or uh, I don't think I've anything, done anything else, but just like no. And then it's a talking to. Bye, I love you, I love you. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. But, I mean, do you, do you recommend? Or I know the other thing, um, because my sister-in-law does it, um, when he does little things that are annoying, when I tell him, that's one, that's two, that's three. When I get to three, and he knows when I get to three, it's the naughty corner. But, I mean, do you recommend, like, a first offense, this punishment, a second offense? Well, when do you want him to obey? <laughs> well, all the time. Okay. Then right away. Right away. Right away. Right away. Well, I, I, he knows that saying. And like we were just talking about, he's like, okay, whatever, Mom. Okay, yeah, all the way, right away with a happy heart. Someone said right, but you're not teaching him that. Right. You're yeah. saying one thing, but you're you're like giving him through two, one, two, three. Yeah. If you do it again, okay, that's two. Uh-huh. You're telling, teaching him to obey on three. But it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't, it does, I guess it doesn't make sense um, uh, to spank him all the time. Either. How old is he? He's going to be three in May. Yeah, unfortunately. I remember my, yeah, I have a friend who has five kids, four kids, and she had one, them all one year apart, because she went four, but she started getting married late, and I remember coming over, and her son was jumping on the couch, my couch, and she said, don't jump on the couch, and he jumped on the couch, she took him in the room, spanking, came back, he jumped on the couch, she took him in the room, spanking, she came back, he jumped on the couch, she took him in the room, spanking, yeah. and I was like, he's never going to want to come back, he was two, and he, but you know what, he never jumped on the couch again, and so, yeah, when they're that age, it's just, it's but so she just has to keep training, spanking him. Unfortunately. Unless you want to just keep talking to him and talking to him and getting frustrated. and It's, it's a training time. Yeah. It, the more you train now, like uh-huh. pay now or pay later. Right. You know, pay now, it's play, pay now, play later, or play now, and then you're going to pay for it. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. It's, it's training. That is the I job. Mean, I, I mean, I, I, do, I do understand that now is the time to discipline him. Now is the time to make sure that he's obedient. Um, but, but you, I'm sorry to cut you off, but you already told us that he can obey all three. So you have already trained him that he doesn't have to obey till three. You want to retrain him that he has to obey right away. Someone had said that if they run out in the street, the reason you teach him to obey right away is because if a car's coming, I don't want to count to three. I want you to get out of the street. Right. Well, so, in that case, I wouldn't count to three. Exactly. But, so you don't want to count okay. to three. You just okay. want to start. I mean, it sounds harsh, but I'm telling you, with with the, with bigger children now and okay. watching the friends who didn't do that and the friends who did do that. You know, my sister-in-laws did not do that and my, my friends did and I just thought, that's just so hard. You know, but I'm like, their kids are so nice. And so I wanted kids and James Dobson said, you have to, the question is do you enjoy your kids? The question is do other people enjoy your kids? Because if other people enjoy your, you enjoy your kids too, that means you've raised adults. Because I'm not raising them up for me, I'm raising them up for society. And I want to raise the people that society's like, yes, you're hired. Yeah. Not, oh gosh, you know, go work on the corner. Okay. So it's hard, but it, 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 it is rewarding. It is rewarding. And it won't always be like that. That's the one thing I think we think, I can't do this for the rest of my life. You're not doing it for the rest of your life. It's a season. It's a season of training. And, and the more you, you may spank, I mean, with strong-willed children... You're going to spank them. I mean, I was probably spanked Micah less than 10 times in his whole life. And I really have to look for things. Like, not to, not to but I know that their sin, sin is bound yeah. up in everyone's heart. But my other kids, like, 
They've needed more. I've got four very strong-willed kids. And so to be able to just, like, this is why I'm doing this. And I'm telling you, you're just like, are you kidding me? If this was in the fine print, I'd have never signed up. But this is, you know, just because it's, it's, it's tedious. And you're like, we're trying to get in the car. And I'm stopping. And I'm redirecting and redirecting and retraining. And, but you know what? It will pay off. And this is what God has called us to do. And this is, this is why we, we go. We get in the car. We say, you know what? This is what I'm expecting. When we get out of the car... Yes. We're going to go to church, and I want you to look people in the eyes, and I want you to greet right. them, or whatever. When we go in the store, I don't want you to ask me for anything, right. because if everybody asks for one thing, then that's just, it is, or puts things in the cart, or whatever. It's cute when you have one in this little, but it's not cute when you have one that's 14, and, and that translates to a 14-year-old issue, or a 12-year-old issue, or a 10-year-old issue. So it's like, these are the opportunities. Look at them as opportunities to get to his heart. Yes. If you're getting angry and it's frustrating, then you got to go, either I have too much on my plate, I'm either making this about me, or there's something God wants to show me, and just ask the Lord. Yeah. And there's always something God wants to show each and every one of us. So. At the community school, one of the things they taught us was, one, go to the store when you don't need to go to the store, when they're little, so that you can go home, so you can make that threat that if you don't behave, you're going home. Because when they're little, you're just like, I just have time, I just have time, I have time. But you, you either take the time now or you take the time later. So you go to the store purposely to say, if you don't do this, we're going to go home. And then go home. You know, I remember my sister-in-law being in the car with me. And she kept threatening her knees, my knees. I'm going to pull over and spank you. I was driving. I'm going to pull over and spank you. I'm going to have guys to the gym. So I pulled over. And she goes, my sister-in-law goes, what are you doing? <laughs> Giving me a And I said, because you and, the, and my niece would. <gasps> and I said, you. And then they both straightened up. So they don't think if I do this, they don't think of the action consequence. Like yep. that—that's not that connection doesn't happen until a lot later for boys' development. And I was like, like in their twenties, which is why you have <laughs> to redirect. Which is why you're constantly having to redirect them. And if you don't give them, if you're just like talking to them, talking to them, talking to them, they're like, like it's not connecting. So where, whereas if they feel like there's a consequence or that there was something that was affected 
Like that's bigger. That's a bigger like. Oh, the connection. Oh, this is a concept. Oh, I won't get to do this. So, you know, I and and I read that. I was like, oh gosh, okay, good, thank you, because I needed to hear that and be reminded that it's still not developed. Like no. it's not fully developed. So that's why we repeat ourselves so many times. Yeah, and every, every time is different. You know, there's some boys. I, I remember when I was teaching. There's some boys who are just amazing, and I'd be like, wow, he's like a girl. Oops, I mean, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. But, but but then there's other, and then there's other girls who are just like, gosh. Like the boys, so it's it, you have to look at your child individually, yeah. and God knows exactly what they need. But yeah, she's absolutely right. You know, I took your psychology major, I studied the brain a lot and brain behavior, and you're just like what? And still, even now, you hear stuff, and you're just like, wow. James Dawson talks about how about guys are right. You know, like, mm-hmm. they're not they're not like women are like you know. You probably read that book. Uh, Men are like waffles well, well, and women are like spaghetti because we're all over the place. And men are like, so I have, I'm watching TV now. Now I'm taking a shower. We're like, I'm watching TV and I'm thinking about taking a shower and then I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. So, so it's very different. But the, the key to it all is just, I, it, sounds so, it sounds so simple. You know, it's like, but, but you go outside and how do you get in your front door? You hack over with an axe, you break through the window, you just take your key and you stick it in and you turn it. You're in your house, and it's the same thing with the Bible. The key is prayer. That's, that's your key. Yeah. You. It, it sounds. It just. We just want to make it harder than it is because prayer. You have to. You have to. You have to be consistent. You know. You have to pray and all the time be in prayer. But God is so faithful. And now that I'm, you know, that my kids are older, I can say, Wow, it's true. <laughs> He's so faithful. I mean, when they're little, it's like, No, God, you're not faithful because they ain't never gonna get the room. worth it when you see them starting to get it or even to start thinking differently like what do you, you know it, it, we, we see an ambulance we like we immediately pray you know we're like it just teaching the kids just to do and when they start doing that on their own you're like okay they're getting it yeah. they're getting it and, and, and spend time with people whose older kids you appreciate you know the, the, the great thing about the community like school like Christine said I mean that Christy said, there's a, I'm, I'm thinking of a mom who's Christine, her name is Christine, and her daughter just had her first child. And I've watched these kids that I've watched grow up and, and never turn away from Christ and stay faithful and get married and have children. And I'm looking at, I remember how the parents raised them and the things they taught me. And I see now the fruit, and I say, it does work. You know, um, there's a story of a woman who was trying to swim to Catalina from California, and she, she got almost there, and the fall rolled in, and she quit. And she says, because I couldn't see Catalina anymore. I, I couldn't see. And she lost her will to swim. So you need to put children out there that you see. My child is going to go up like that. And so that you see those adult children and you say, I, I can keep swimming toward Catalina. Because you see that it works. And so that's how I can do these things. That's why I'm not pressured. It's like, well, my son is 18 and maybe he should have a boyfriend. And because I saw Catalina, I saw those grown-up kids live their whole lives for Christ. I didn't say they didn't fall away, they didn't get tired, and they have to get in the boat for a little while and have someone, but I saw that they made it to Catalina. And so get, you know, spend time or find fellowship with people whose kids are 
you want yours to be. And so that way, if you keep that vision in front of you, when, when you're spanking every five minutes, you're just like, crap, mom, I just spanked you. And they're looking like, that was, you know, time is different for them. Mm-hmm. My husband explained it to me, I'm sorry, but when I was teaching and one of my students came back, and she was six, and she came back in September, she's like, oh, Mrs. Pitts, there's my desk. I sat there a long time ago. Okay, you? It was September. But he says, she's six. One year is like six years if you're 36. And I was like, oh. So he's three. 30 minutes is like a whole day. He's like, I did that yesterday. That's bad. So he doesn't get that he's in trouble because that was yesterday. So... Be encouraged. Yes, be, be encouraged. encouraged. And when two is easy, three is usually really hard. <laughs> you know, um, that's been my experience. For all I had, like, I'm like, terrible twos. Come on, people. Why are you so late? And then I was like, ooh, that's three. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what? And, and these, you're like in the prime years. And, and just to let you know, like, no matter where you, wherever you start, God works all things yes. to the good for those who love Yes. He is faithful. You know, and that's what I just, I'm like, Lord, this is a mess. I've obviously fallen down on over here. and But you work it to the good. And just, we, we pick up from here. We go from here. Yeah. You know, we don't go back and cry over what we haven't done or how, you know. And we just like go, you know what? I, Mom's failed. I, yeah. I failed. I've failed you. I used to ask my kids, well, what have I done wrong? And they were like, you don't spank us enough. <laughs> That's the weirdest thing. <laughs> when you like feel like you've spank, done nothing but spank them, I'm like, why have you done this? I guess you just didn't spank us enough. And I've also had my kids tell me, I didn't really believe you were going to follow through. Yeah. One point I forgot. I remember when you told me that. Could you know? When I asked my kids why they, why they sat up for sure, they said why they asked them. I was pretty sure they, their walk was solid with Christ, but I asked them what was it that happened. Did I show this? What, what, what was it that had them... Um, that made them make a difference to Christ, and my daughter said, it was you guys leaning on Christ all the time that I watched. And my son said, it was because God saved my butt. <laughs> and so, so I, and I've fallen down and messed up a lot. You know, I had to start over. It's like a marathon. I have to go back and start getting it. I feel like I can play Monopoly. Do not pass go. Do not play through the dollars. That's right. Back. That's and right. Start over. But God is faithful. He's right. He's right there. Yeah. Right there with you, starting over. That's right. Thank you so much, You're Jennifer. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes. Let me just pray. Lord, I just I pray for all of us as moms and dads and just ask, Lord, that you would just activate us into this new place, Lord God, where we are focused and authentic and intentional and completely reliant and lord i thank you that there is no condemnation yes, for those who are in yes. christ jesus and that we don't walk out of here thinking oh i've done it all wrong we go walk out of here claiming Romans 828 you work yes. all things to the good and we thank you lord that even if we make a mess you work it to the good because you are faithful yes, we love jesus. you mighty god yes. we praise your holy name amen